now, introducing the man who is literally counting the seconds until Julio Jones is traded, and once claimed he could outrun Jones in a 40-yard dash, even after pounding down a shrimp Alfredo like Lamar Jackson before every Ravens game, and he's been heard quoting Jackson saying, pasta helps your brain, he is Glenn Clark. Not bad, not bad, not Zach, bad. Not, not bad. I'll tell remember, you, I mean, remember the next couple of days to bring the music down a little bit it, when you do it, it, because we want people to hear all <laughs> well, of hear, the, hear what the I'm hard saying. work sense, that man. you put into. Hey, look, Paul, Paul said he took an hour and a half for it. it was That's a way too much. It was a little less for me. Way I mean, too much. I had to watch like five episodes to see exactly what you know Kyle was doing here. But well, Kyle's got a lot of experience. He Kyle's does. He got does. A lot of experience. He talks about LeBron James and like a good amount of them in the past. I don't you know, couple weeks. Well, that's because the Lakers were facing the Suns, and you're a Suns fan. It's very personal to me because I'm a Suns fan. Correct. So last night was a good night for me. I bet it was. As a fan, as a better, it was a terrible <laughs> night for me. Jeremy Kahn told you uh, to bet ah, on who last night. He I, told me to bet the Blazers last night. Cover hey man, two. It, and by the way. It's what sports betting is all about, right? For, for 48 minutes, they stayed within two. The problem was they played longer than that. And yeah. ultimately, I lost the bet. A little bit, just throwing, just lit. I mean, you could have, you could have bet on the Orioles last I, night. I, that I would have been. And by been... the way, Jeremy also said he loved the Orioles last night, but he told me, you know what, I to actually go with the Blazers. I, I had a feeling last night. As soon as the Orioles came out, I was like, you know, Bruce Zimmerman was really good his last time out. Um, he was, and the Orioles hit Pineda pretty well in the, in the first time they played him. I think it was the twenty sixth. Yep. So I had some confidence, and they and they came through. Well, I wish I would have bet on that. <laughs> And not on the. I, I mean, was, be- betting on the Orioles is probably the riskiest thing of all time. Well, yes, like, of course it's, it's the worst. I, I was really like desperately hoping that at the end of the first overtime, the Nuggets would just score. Like Jokic would get a two, because then I would get a push. Mm-hmm. If I could just get Jokic to hit a two point shot at the end of the first overtime, then I, the number was two. That's what I had the Blazers at. I would have just gotten the push and gotten my money back. And so while everybody else on the planet was. In, enthralled by the Damian Lillard show last night, and it was enthralling. Yeah. Don't get me wrong; yeah. it was quite enthralling. Um, I was not as <laughs> thrilled. Yeah, I hey, was. Well, well, I mean, I was thrilled that he got him back into the game because at one point it looked like I had no chance of getting even a push. Didn't get the job done though. Yeah, then I needed them to win, and <laughs> uh, that that didn't work out for me quite as well. But that, yes, indeed, that is the nature of betting. Yeah, it's what it is. Um. We'll try it again next week, see how it goes. I, I, it didn't go well the last couple of weeks. All right, it's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. I'm Glenn. That is Zach Goodman from the Bat Around. He is in for Kyle for the rest of the week. Uh, he's going to be hanging out with us. Looking forward to that. A lot to do on the program this morning. We're going to chat with our buddy Femi and Badejo here in a few minutes. Uh, the first day that there could be movement, or we thought there could be movement on Julio Jones, there was none. So we'll see how that plays out for the rest of the week. We'll talk about it with Femi, what what he thinks as far as the Ravens and Julio Jones, and we'll just break down the roster as a whole. Also this morning, we will uh, put the wraps on college lacrosse season. Patrick Stevens was up in Hartford this weekend. Um, we'll do our final segment of the, uh, the college athletic season with Patrick, uh, and then he'll join us again starting in the fall. And then also this morning, our weekly hit with Drew Forrester and ugh. <laughs> I, of all the days, Zach, for you to be I know, here, it's, it's to experience this. Very, very unlikely that I would have been here, but here uh, we are. Rick from Reisterstown does indeed finish up Triple Crown season. Oh, yes. Nobody cares because there's no Triple Crown I, state. I'm, personally, I'm looking forward to it. Are you? The, no. You, no, I was going to say. It's like, <laughs> I'm what looking is wrong forward to Rick you? from Reisterstown, though. Why would you look forward to that ever? Rick from Reisterstown will also join us to call the to call the Belmont Stakes, which is still happening. They're still doing that on Saturday despite the fact 
that there is no triple crown at stake. No one cares. No one will be watching, but they're going to run the race anyway. And this is what we do. This is the way things go. So Rick will call the Belmont for us this morning as well. It's also a Wednesday, which means it's Would You Rather Wednesday. Um, we'll get to that here in a second. I'm slow. If you knew what was going on, there was just a lot happening. Pretty much an absolute catastrophe before the show started, which, which, but it, it, which, it worked which is out. Fine. Yeah, it, things that I should have <laughs> thought of, frankly, before I realized that this was Zach's first day in. It is all good this week. Um, just things that he's not done before as a producer, so we had to we had to school him up on that. And unfortunately, in the time, I should have been posting the "Would You Rather" scenarios to social media so you could get involved. I, I I was doing that. So I will get there. I promise we will do that this morning. We'll probably take an early break in today's show, and I, that will allow me the time to get Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios posted. It's brought to you by Glory Days Grill. They're celebrating their 25th anniversary at Glory Days Grill, and you get the spoils. That's what's kind of nice about this. You are able to enjoy an incredible menu featuring the barbecue chicken bowl with ancient grains, the strip steak sandwich, the turtle cheesecake, the silver anniversary IPA, so much more at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Did I mention the smoky thigh wings? The smoky thigh wings, ladies and gentlemen. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website for you to find out more. Um, they're giving away some great prizes, like a trip to Devil's Backbone. I would like to win that, frankly. Get to GloryDaysGrill.com right now and find out more. The Orioles won a baseball game. Hooray! Look, it's it's bigger news than you're you're making it out to be. Look, oh, the Orioles, it? the Orioles almost, you know, I, I yeah, was they, pr- they I was tried getting, to piss it away, didn't I, they? They almost did. Um, I was getting kind of concerned. I will be honest that this was going to be the longest losing streak in history because it honestly looked like it could. have I been. was not. I was getting. I was. We talked about this yesterday. Like, yeah. The, the part that you don't want to acknowledge is that these things. <laughs> Losing this many games consecutively is yeah. more of an anomaly than you want to make it out to be. The Orioles being a bad team is not an anomaly. They're a bad baseball team. Yeah. But specifically losing this many consecutive games without accidentally running into a victory requires an amazing set of circumstances. Yeah. And so I the it's very difficult to lose 14 in a row. It's It was almost impossible to me that they were going to get even to 21, more mm-hmm. or less the, the MLB record of 26. I never had that much fear. They were going to win. They, I mean, they damn near won a baseball game a day before, right? Like, they were going to win a baseball game at some point. Now, again, last night, they, they even in winning baseball games, you're reminded that they're still not a particularly good baseball team and that their bullpen is quite problematic and – you know all of these things. They are they are not a good ba- that, that part. There's no hiding from. No, they're not I mean, a good baseball team. It's right out there in the open. As soon as you turn on Madison, it's pretty obvious yeah. <laughs> who the bad baseball team on the yeah. field is. And the Twins are also a bad yeah, baseball what, team. I don't this know year. what the story is with them, man. Like they're yeah, they I mean, not uh, good. Supposed to be competing with the White Sox in that yep. division, and yep. uh, you know, I mean, look, they've had some injuries. You lose Byron Buxton, it's it's pretty hard to go forward without maybe your best player. Um, you know, so I get that, but. It's still a solid lineup. You look up and down about you know the nine guys they play every day. Even though a lot of them are backups, you know, it, they're still a solid lineup. They should be winning more games than they have so far. Um, and they've gotten better. They started off slower, and now they've picked it up a little bit. But they still lost the Orioles last night. Yes, correct. That's it. Should I think that you get uh, that tells the whole story itself. I think you get knocked down a level when that happens. Yeah. I think that's the Seriously. way that it goes. I, I it just doesn't mean all, like as I said, you know, when we talked about this yesterday. If the Orioles had won one game last week but had lost thirteen or fourteen, what would it? What would the difference really be? The yeah, only it thing, doesn't matter. Exactly right. The only thing that made us freak out was the sheer number that was just hanging. That was it. 
The, the, yeah. team, the team is not any different today because they won a baseball game. The conversations that we were having, unless you were of the opinion that at a certain number, you have no choice but to fire the manager. And I heard from, you know, when we talked about this, I heard from you. There were some of you that believed that at some point it becomes so overwhelming and so toxic that you have no choice but to fire the manager at that point, right? And so if you were in that camp, then that's over. That number doesn't exist any longer. There is no losing streak that you're shouldering. Now, there's plenty of other ugly numbers. There's plenty of other go back since the beginning of May. They've still only won six baseball games. There's plenty of other things One that are 1-0 in problematic. June, Glenn. 1-0 in June. Thank you. You're absolutely <laughs> right about that, Zach. And may it continue. Well, actually, I'm not really of that yeah, opinion. Unless exactly. they want to win the rest of the games the, the rest of the year. Then I guess that's a different thing. Um, nothing really changes because they won a baseball game. It's just that we get bogged down by these things. We freak out about the, the number itself. 14 straight losses because you just don't see that. It's so uncommon in baseball to get to that point. They won a baseball game. How is life different today? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not. I mean, it makes it better for, I guess, the diehard fans of us, but, you know, it's it's not exactly like it matters. Mm, it, you don't it, have it, to, I, it, in, it, the, in the context of you're not threatening to break a record or something along right. those Right, I mean, lines. I guess it's not as embarrassing. If you're winning baseball games, I saw Fox Sports MLB. I mean, they're still a pretty embarrassing team. They are an embarrassing whole. team. I mean, like, again, but that. if you're someone who doesn't watch them every day, you probably look at them and go, 14-game losing streak, they're, this is the worst team of all time. If you watch them, you probably think the same thing, but you see them snap a 14-game losing streak and you go, all right, well, that's better than losing 26 seven in a row right i mean i guess right you know <laughs> it's, like the, it's I, i'm not i'm trying to spin it in a positive light but there's I'm, not I'm much not, i'm not trying to suggest that it's a bad thing to win a baseball game like right. in, no, in I, a vacuum I, in a vacuum winning a one ba- it, would you rather win a baseball game or lose a baseball game oh of course you'd <laughs> say you'd rather win a baseball game but there's a lot of context involved right there are a lot there's of people the, there's the context of what happens if they miss out on the number one pick this year because they won one baseball game sure, right like sure. and i'm not I, i'm being over dramatic in that but like it's not impossible. They won a couple of games early on last year against the Red Sox, and in hindsight, there are people that might say, I'd rather lose them. Now, it didn't turn out to be yeah. as as one, two top-heavy of a draft as everybody thought it was. Right. The, the consensus now is that like the top five or six players in this year's draft are all about similar, um, and, and the guys that we thought were going to be the one and two guys are not going to be the one and two guys in the draft, as it turns out, so... Yep. The guys that you were in love with might very well be there at five, and the Orioles might still not take them. Sure, at this point in the draft. So there's a there's a lot there's a lot here. There's a lot of context that's involved in this conversation. Um, I'm not I, bully bully for those of you that live and die by the results of baseball games, and just wanted to feel something pleasant again. Bully. But when I say I'm numb to the results, it goes both ways. I'm. I, it did not impact me at all that the Orioles had lost 14 straight games. I did not. I was not worked up about it. I did sure. not care. I have separated myself from the results because as I, all the things that I said remain true. These to me aren't really the Orioles. These are guys that are wearing Orioles uniforms until the actual Orioles come back. Um, but none of this impacts me emotionally. It's not just, hey, this is all part of the plan. Like it. It, the plan never is let's lose 14 straight games. Right. That's not I mean, part of the sure, plan. Sure. The plan isn't even, as I said yet, the, I, I wrote this in the column that I wrote at pressboxonline.com. People want to dis, people, there are, there's this weird, like, sort of anti um, uh, counterculture thing going on within Orioles Twitter 
where those of you those people that are like me and say I don't care about any of this like this there's this this counter attack to that which is what do you think they never have to win ever like no I'm saying this isn't part of the plan to me sure. this isn't the plan the plan's not here yet I mean, this the, is, the plan isn't Austin wins, let's be honest. No, I mean, this, right. the plan isn't any of these. It's not Michael Franco. Right, it's not, exactly, it, yes. It's not any of these guys. These guys are just guys. They are staging. Sure. They are sitting... Every, I don't know if you have familiar with award shows. Sure. But when all the famous people want to go backstage <laughs> and hang out at award shows, they'll like send seat fillers out to fill their seats until they come back. So if the famous person has to go like introduce somebody or give out an award, they don't want to have a bunch of empty seats showing in the auditorium. So they hire people to be seat fillers until the famous people can come back and fill the seats. These are the seat fillers. That's what you have for the most part, with the, with rare exceptions, right? Like that. As long as Ryan Mountcastle, you know, is more like the Ryan Mountcastle that we think he's going to be and less like the guy that we saw for the first month of the season, then Ryan Mountcastle might not prove to be a seat filler. But for the most sure. part, these are all seat fillers that we're dealing with. These are not the Orioles. And so in the same way that I wasn't worked up about the losses, I'm not going to celebrate a victory all that much either because none of it means all that much to me. You want to celebrate something from last night? Celebrate Bruce Zimmerman. Celebrate. Yeah. yeah. This is the... Tanner Scott pitch well. For the most part, yeah. I mean, he gave up the the line drive uh, a single that, I, I didn't that think kept it, the inning going. I didn't think it was a bad pitch. It was a slider on the outside well, the, corner. Like the slider, he was his feeling his slider. He last was. Night. He was. He was absolutely. It, it seems like the slider. only pitch he can locate consistently. I mean, he only has two pitches, so I guess that's fifty I percent. Mean, yeah, but, correct. I mean, it, his fastball has been pretty but wild. It, I mean, but in the, the last slider few, was devastating. It was. Last night. It was. Um, the first batter that he faced, who and I, that was the pinch hitter, if I remember correct, and I can't even remember who it was. It might have been. Yeah. When they when they tried to go. When they when they forced Hyde's hand to bring in Tan- and again that was a favorable matchup for Tanner Scott, but the slider sure. was devastating. Yeah, I, I think I, I think the hit they got essentially, you know, he threw too many and they just started sitting on it. And when you you know you don't and really was, change speed, I mean, you throw it, it in the, the same spot. Was, the ball was smacked. Like, yeah, now, it, it was. It, it was. was fortunate that it, it was. was. It wasn't. Um, frankly, it was fortunate that it wasn't smacked to any other spot. Sure. Because if it had been smacked to any other spot, it might have cleared the bases instead. L- luckily, Cruz was on third, so you don't yeah, have a lot of a good speed coming too. around. That's a good point, too. Um, so, yeah, a little bit Tanner Scott, but I like the Bruce Zimmerman is the type of guy that fits into the category that I've talked about a number of times. They're not really on... He's not really a part of the plan, but he can become part of the plan. And if he can pitch like he's pitched his last two times out, He'll absolutely end up being a part of the plan exactly. to some extent, right? Um, that so you want something to embrace. It's not really the result of the game. If the Orioles had allowed the Twins to tie it in the ninth when they brought the tying run to the plate, it wouldn't have changed that Bruce Zimmerman pitched really well in consecutive starts. That part would still yes. be true and would be far more relevant to me than what the result of the baseball game was. And I'm you know again that doesn't say. I hate the fact that the Orioles. I, I don't. I'm not. I nothing. The result of the baseball games, they they mean nothing to me this season. Yeah, I mean it's not about the wins and losses, and it never was. I mean I think that's we said that you know on our on, on the bat around pretty early on. It's never going to be about the wins and losses. It's about the individual performances from the prospects who are supposed to make up the next team, or the guys that is that competitive, could. Or, or the, the guys, guys that, that could, could, sure, right, or the guys that could turn into assets in other ways. Right. I mean, like right? you keep like, saying, Bruce Zimmerman is a could. You know, he, he's a question he's not, mark he's as of now. He's not part of the plan, right. but it doesn't mean he can't be. He, he, he could has be the opportunity yes. to pitch his way into being part of the plan. If he can be this guy every time out, 
then he's going to become part of the plan at some point. Like, at some point, they're going to, you know, the same way that John Means was never part of a plan, but at some point, somebody had looked around and said, dude, this guy's really a major league pitcher. Like, what happened here? And whether right. he'll prove to be part of the plan long term or not, I don't know. But he's part of some sort of plan. He's either going to be an asset or he's going to be part of the plan. We'll see how it goes. All right, so the Orioles won. That's what that is. Let's take a let's take a break just to recalibrate and uh, get our get ourselves ready. Femi Amadejo is going to join us in a minute. We'll get to Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Uh, Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One when we come back in. We'll chat with Femi Amadejo. Get his thoughts on the Ravens, on the Julio situation. Um, if they don't do it, you know, is that the end of the world? All that type of stuff. We'll talk about that next. Uh, Zach Goodman's in for Kyle today. It is Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Hey, this is Chris Rowan from Great Ace Memorabilia. And June 27th from 12 to 4, we want to invite you out to the first ever Tucker Fest for the Brigands Brigade Foundation. Come meet Justin Tucker. Listen to a free live concert from Joey Harkham and Dave Teeth. Jeremy Kahn will be in the Express Exterior Design Dunk Booth. We'll have food trucks from Jimmy's Famous Seafood, vendors, and a huge cornhole tournament. This is a free family fun event on Sunday, June 27th from 12 to 4 p.m. at Jerry's Toyota on Bella Road. For more information, go to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's Great Eights with the number eight letter S. And remember, Great Eights Memorabilia, be great. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off Every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. 
The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles top Orioles pitcher John Means and the role new pitching coach Chris Holt is taken with Means and the entire organization. Inside, Matt Kremnitzer reflects on Nick Markakis' career, and Bo Smolka looks at what to expect from the Ravens' 2020 draft class in their second season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at glennclarkradio.com. All right, back in here from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio Press Box. Chesapeake Employers Insurance is your workers' compensation insurance specialist. Always a pleasure to be joined by our next guest, of course, a uh, Super Bowl champion, color analyst for the Baltimore Ravens. It's always a pleasure to welcome back into the program our friend, Mr. Femi Imedejo, who's with us now here on GCR. Femi, it's uh, it's Glenn and Zaxon for Kyle this morning. It's great to chat with you as always, my friend. How's your summer been? How's everything going? Yeah, oh, it's summer. I, oh, I, yeah, that's I, a good point. I didn't re- this weekend I didn't it was re- not. Re- yeah, yeah. I didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't re- I didn't realize. You know, yeah. honestly, like you know, like what, what I do, and you know, I, I'm I'm so busy, but I, I love everything that I'm doing. I just one foot in front of the other, one day in front of the next man. The calendar is irrelevant. The time of day is irrelevant. It's just about getting stuff done, honestly. I mean, I, I look, I look, I love the hustle. I respect the hustle. I know how you live your life, brother, and um, I appreciate that. I hope that at some point you get the opportunity to just like sit back and relax and maybe get to the beach or something during the course of the next couple yeah, of months. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to head home to California sometime in nice, July, man. is my guess. I'm, I'm Xing a date out here pretty soon, and I will take a couple days and take it in for a minute and then boom, get back on the ground. Love it, man. (laughs) All right, so I want to start with the Julio stuff, right? Because I I, I don't think it's going to happen. I've said that the entire time. But I am of the opinion that if there was ever a bold move to make, this is the one, right? Like, this is the move. This is the go try to win a Super Bowl. It it doesn't appear as though the cost is all that much. The, The word is maybe there's a team that's offered a first round pick, but particularly if it doesn't prove to be a first round pick. I know that the Ravens aren't going to be a team that's going to throw the ball 50 times a game, nor do I want them to be that team. But, boy, all of the other stuff, the you know trying to have Lamar take another step forward as an outside-the-numbers passer and you know what he can do, what he did for Calvin Ridley and helping him down there and what he could do for Rashad Bateman and Hollywood Brent. It just all comes off to me as such a, a good idea. It's hard for me to not, even though I don't think it's going to happen, it's hard for me to not embrace it as being something the Ravens should do. Well, let's, let's take this one thing at a time. Let's, let's look at the Ravens' offense and, and what I think the issues were last year. I think right tackle was a major issue solved. I think right guard was a major issue solved. Center, you're moving your left guard to center, solved. So just the offensive line, Lamar having time, not, have to, not having to run for his life when he's not running the football. And I'm being a little exaggerative because, you know, obviously Lamar's you know, numbers based on opportunity were pretty good. And based on efficiency, were pretty good. Based on the amount of money invested in the offense, really, really yeah. good. I think if you just look at ROI, dollars invested in an offense in the NFL, the, the Ravens, uh, dollar invested in offense per touchdown scoring, the best in the NFL. People don't realize that. Secondarily, um, I think that, um, if you just look at how you can improve your team internally, um, we need to look at the connection and targets between Hollywood and Lamar. Let me use Devonte Adams as an example. He's the number one in 
in Green Bay. I know Hollywood and, and Devontae are, are not exactly the same. Sure. But Devontae and, and Aaron Rodgers, their connection percentage is about 80%. Hollywood's is about 58 with Lamar. Mm. So mm. that's route running. That's time in the pocket. That's um, the different route combinations. The other receivers on the field, you know, you bring in a kid like Rashad Bateman, you draft Tylen Wallace, you draft Ben Cleveland. Those are going to be three impact rookies, in my opinion, on offense. So just internally, we're such prisoners of the moment. I think people forgot who the MVP was two years ago. I think people forgot his completion percentage, his touchdown to interception ratio, his sack ratio. If you can just get back to Lamar of 2019, um, you're, you're, you're basically setting yourself up for a Super Bowl run. And even Lamar of last year with what they had, um, I love the improvement in the backfield. Um, obviously with, um, just the number of guys that they have, the dynamicness of Lamar with those running backs, probably, you know, the, the best all around running attack as a, as a combination based on jet sweep running backs and receiver. Now let's talk about, uh, Julio Jones. I, I just wanted to make sure that we, no, I'm, we, we and, knock and, out the internal things. First, and I'm going right? to come back to that too, uh, Femi, but let, let's yeah. go to Julio first. Yeah. So Julio, I, I think this is in the Steve Smith category of moves. This is in the Anquan Bolden might be a little more rich than that for the, for this guy. Cause maybe I, honestly, I think Anquan Bolden and his production, he, you know, he, he was part of the Super Bowl. I mean, I don't know if you can ever top that and what you gave up to get him. What was it? A fourth round? Oh, it was two mid round picks. Yes. I mean, it was, it was an unbelievable, the benefit was significant for the Baltimore Ravens. Exactly. Yeah. The, 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 the cash benefit on that was amazing. Right. But with Julio, you assume the Ravens would have to give up a first round pick, which is going to be what? The 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th. As, as long as Lamar doesn't get hurt and we knock on every, you know, every piece of wood. Yeah, that can well, find you can't seat. you can't worry about that. Yeah. I mean, that's football. Guys yep. get hurt. I don't even consider that. When people say, well, if so-and-so didn't get hurt, no, don't tell me that. Football, part of the equation is injury. So anytime you eliminate that, then you're not looking at things in, in reality. You're, 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 you're glossing things over in I, a way I, that's I not hear realistic. You. I hear right? you. Yep. So, so Julio Jones is not what Julio was a couple of years ago, but is he still a top 10 receiver? I think he is. Now, um, what are the Ravens willing to do to get him? And then the other issue is the cap, right? It's not just what you're going to give up. It's also what you're going to yep, spend. Correct. So I don't know if you, when you add those equations together, if it necessarily fits into the Ravens categorical predictable moves, but would I love to see it? Absolutely. Do I think we need it? No, I'm extremely happy with where we are right now. And this would be icing on the, on my chocolate cake. I love chocolate cake, by the way. I like right, chocolate right. cake with chocolate icing and chocolate right. chips. So right. if you can go chocolate on chocolate on chocolate, that's what that's what Julia would be. Okay, so, so let, let me let me write it this way. If we assume, and there are roadmaps to like extensions that you can do in order to get this, make this happen, and get Julio Jones under the cap. If we say it's a second round pick. That that's it. Just ends up being that price. Maybe you throw in a a future third, right, in order to get the job done instead of going to a first. If that's what it were to cost, and you could get him under the cap, give me um, how much do you think Julio Jones improves the percentage chance of you winning the Super Bowl if he's on your roster next season? So let me start with where I think the Ravens are. I think the Ravens are the second best team in the AFC. I don't give a damn what happened in Buffalo last year. Let's just be honest. All There's right. a lot of fluke stuff that happened in Buffalo. All I think right. the Ravens are top to bottom. I think the Ravens defense check Ravens explosive plays. I would say probably a push because you look at what they can do at receiver and you look at what Lamar can do out of the backfield. Um, their offense, I think scoring wise, the Ravens offense and Buffalo's offense is about the same, but I, I think top to bottom special teams, Offense, defense, the Ravens are a better football team than Buffalo. People aren't going to think that, 
because of what happened in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So right now I would say the Ravens chances, let's say the Ravens chances of going to the Super Bowl right now, basically being the AFC champion, let's say 15%. Okay. Let's say, let's say that's that number. Okay. You bring in Julio Jones, that number probably goes from 15 to 22, 23%. Okay. I maybe, think that sounds about of, right. Representing AFC. Yeah, I think yep. that's about right. I think that sounds about right. Now, and then somebody would say, is that worth spending? Uh, uh, is is the difference in an eight percent chance in winning? Absolutely. Okay, it's absolutely absolutely because once again, you're we're doing this based on what we don't know that's going to happen, right? So we don't know what's going to happen with Hollywood. We don't know what's going to happen with Bateman. We don't know if Wallace is going to. We don't know who's going to pan out. We don't know who's going to do what. We don't know if an offensive lineman's going to get hurt like Ronnie Stanley, right? Yep. So we don't know what's going to happen, but we can assume that what you start with on paper is not what you finish with on paper. And that goes across the league. Um, I completely agree. I completely agree with that. And, and Femi, to me, I'll come back to what you said to begin with. I don't think, I think the way to say this is, I don't think this is make or break. Like, I don't think if you don't get Julio Jones, it means, ah, hell, why are we even having a season? Because I agree with the things that you're saying. I think that they are largely set up to be very competitive. And, you know, I, I, as a as a total roster, I tend to agree. I think their their complete roster is probably better than the Bills. I know people want to argue about the Browns maybe having a better complete oh, no, roster. No, 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 no. The Browns until the Browns prove they can come here and win games. I win. No, they, I, t- no, I tend I tend to agree with that. I tend to agree yeah. with that. Right. So I think we're on board there. Now I still think the Chiefs have you know. Yes, no, the Chiefs are the number one team in the AFC. Maybe the number one team in the NFL. Right. On paper, correct. I, yeah, I, I, paper. I completely yeah. agree with that. So here we are. So now we're in the spot where if they don't get Julio Jones, are they are they just going back and doing you know the, the, this conversation about the offense and and can you change it and can you make tweaks and we hear people say this all the time they just need to they need to try to expand it or are you just going back and doing the same thing and Femi to me I, like I don't think that's a bad thing I'm I'm blown away by the people that have been so negative towards Greg Roman and this system that has worked so significantly. And yes, I know they haven't won a couple of playoff games. It's There's only one team every year that wins all of their playoff games. Like, that's the way that it goes. This system, to me, still works and is the best suited thing. And sure, I'm always looking to evolve it, but I, I'm not looking for drastic change uh, from the Baltimore Ravens, really whether or not they would have Julio Jones on their roster. No, we're looking for more efficiency. We're looking for a, a more developed passing game, but just based on the moves that you made, you're going to give yourself an opportunity to do that. Is anyone going to turn down the 2019 statistics from Lamar? From no, a passing you're being, you're being nobody's going to. Exactly, no one's going to turn that down. So, does that passing game need to evolve a little bit? Absolutely. Does it need to be a little bit more creative? Absolutely. If you hear me call games with Jerry Sandusky on Sundays, you hear the comments that I make. There is a step one, two, three, four, five progression to every package that you run. Show something, do something else. Show the next evolution of that package. Show the next evolution of the route running sure. and the progression in the reads. Show quick screen. Show the fake quick screen and hit the nine route. Like There's so many things that they can do, in my opinion, that it's just low-hanging fruit. But I'll tell you right now, the weakness of this team last year, and I mean no offense when I say this, was the offensive line. It definitely was the weak. And it was a particular side from center to the right. That was a problem all year long. Now, when they were run blocking, it wasn't much of a problem because guess what? That's what they do. But when it came to pass protection, when it came time to getting Lamar, when it was most crucial, mm-hmm. they couldn't get it done. And the rotation at right tackle and right guard proved that. And then we got the yips with snaps. 
from center the center position. And then we had the worst outbreak of COVID in the Northern hemisphere right. in that locker room. Right. When you think about what they went through and how they were able to come out of it, how could you not cheer for them? You know, how could you not be excited to see them rip off all those wins in a row to rush for what, 400 and some odd yards against, I think it was Cincinnati at week 16 or week yeah. 17. Sorry. Yep. Yep. Um, they're going to win 12 games this year, maybe 13. Worst case scenario, maybe they win 11 because they do. They, have you seen their schedule? It's absolutely ridiculous. It's, it's one of the toughest schedules I've ever seen, but I still, I still just think it's going to get them uh, battle tested and ready for what's going to come into the playoffs. And I look for them to make the next step. Does that mean a Super Bowl? I don't know. Does that mean an AFC championship game? Maybe. I'm not sure what it means, but I do know that this team is going to be in the hunt. It's going to be as competitive and as hard to beat as any team in the NFL. And when you look at how unique they are, from an execution perspective with that run game, they're just a handful for everyone, especially when they're healthy. And I'm just excited to see uh, what they do with uh, all these young guys and these new coaches that they brought in in regard to passing coordinator, sure. and, you know, the offense co- and uh, what yep. Greg Roman is talking about. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm excited. Though. If the Ravens were to trade a, a first round pick for Julio Jones, now you've used one on a wide receiver for three of the last four years. You've used one on Hollywood Brown, Rashad Bateman, and now Julio Jones, technically because you've traded for him. Does that concern you at all? Because the Ravens, of course, are going to need that first-round pick inevitably to fill a hole that they're going to have. You know, because they're going to, they're probably going to have Especially a Especially knowing O-line. that you get to pay Lamar Jackson coming yeah, up here Exactly. Soon, I mean, yeah. you want to get as much young talent on the team as possible. Does that concern you that now you've used three out of four first-round picks in the past four years on wide receivers? Well, I don't know how many... Uh, draft picks the Ravens have spent on receivers since 2000. Um, Travis Taylor, I know, was drafted in 2000. I was on that team, obviously. Yeah. But we can go through the list. And the Ravens have won two Super Bowls in that time. They've been one of the best teams in the NFL since that time. They are a beloved organization, a respected organization from a continuity and culture standpoint. I don't get caught up in, in oh, they're doing too much of this. It's a production-oriented business. You take it, we, you take it year by year, need by need. No, I'm, I'm not concerned. I assume that the guys in charge, Eric DaCosta, um, you know, is, is the GM now. Um, obviously, um, I think he's, he's earned that badge and that title by just the dues he's paid within, within this organization here in Owings Mills. Um, I think that he's got a, a long-term plan and a short-term plan, and that short-term plan does not negate the long-term plan. So I don't get caught up in what they're using things on if it's a need if it's going to get you to a championship. So if they spend a first round pick on Julio and they win a Super Bowl, is anybody going to care? Absolutely not. If they spend a first round pick on Julio, they go to the AFC championship game. um, Is anyone going to care? I don't think so because first round draft picks are unpredictable, especially late late first round draft picks. Uh, So we'll just have to see how it plays out. But if, if they assume that the risk is worth the reward, I'm going to trust that judgment. And then we'll look back on the year um, the year after, and we'll look at the decisions they made and how those decisions affected the outcome, and then we'll decide if it was worth it or not. We're not going to do that today. Femi Ayimadeja with us here on GCR. Femi, are there any, you know, obviously all we're talking about is Julio because it's, you know, it's the shiny red object, right? It's just this thing that we can't, we, we keep staring at, we have to. Are there any concerns that you have you know, looking at the team? Like, are, are you, I know you said you're good with where they are offensive line-wise. I still want to see it from Alejandro Villanueva because everybody... Everybody in Pittsburgh is shaking their head and saying this was a disaster. You know, I have no idea what they're doing. I still have a concern there. Is there anything that you're still a little bit concerned about in just the makeup of the roster as we go towards the season? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not concerned with uh, the way at all. Um, Pittsburgh had a whole bunch of problems, and, and I guarantee you that if we look at the grades 
Uh, I don't think he was the weak link. That's just my opinion. You know, he, he was the left tackle. Um, uh, Pittsburgh had a number of problems from play calling to injuries that led to their demise. So I don't give a damn what they say in Pittsburgh about what moves we make here in Maryland or in Baltimore. Secondarily, um, if I do have a concern, it's probably going to be pass rush on defense. Yeah. Who's going to get sacks? Like who's going to be those, who are, who's that person going to be? No, Adate Owe, um, obviously is extremely talented, but he may not be, um, yeah, I mean, uh, they, ready come week one to right. be a true threat as a pass rusher. Now he's probably going to make tackles. He's probably going to, you know, cause havoc and cause chaos. I, I can't wait to see. You know, that's a question. Um, you know, I I was thinking. Um, oh, I'm forgetting who it was right now. Um, uh, what's my man's name from Green Bay? Uh, played linebacker, then was with the Rams. Uh, didn't play uh, Clay last Matthews. year. Clay Matthews. Yeah, where's Clay Matthews at? I mean, I mean. You, you don't, you don't, did he sign with anybody? I don't, I don't think, think he did. So. I why think he's take, still sitting on the yeah, beach. Why, yeah. Why, yeah, why not take a flyer on a guy like Clay Matthews? Um, you know, he probably would play for the league minimum or maybe a little bit more than that. And the upside is huge, right? And he could be a great teacher for some of these young, uh, you know, pass rushers, right? So I think a guy like Clay Matthews might be a, an actual option. I don't know what other guys are available, but the thing that does concern me right now, it's, it's really not linebacker. It's definitely not the secondary. But guess what? If the pass rush doesn't exist, then everything breaks down because you can't give guys time in the pocket to just pick you apart and, you know, three, four, five seconds to throw the ball downfield. That's a recipe for disaster. So the one thing I'm concerned about is not offense, not offensive line, it's yeah. not receiver, it's not running back, it's pass rush. That's, you, that's you, what keeps me up at night. Do you buy into the idea that they can just continue to scheme the rush? That even if, you know, Adafi Owe, if he's just, if he's more an athlete than he is a guy that gets quarterbacks on the ground, that's okay because as long as he's disruptive, the way that 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 Wink Martindale schemes things, he'll get he'll get quarterbacks on the ground, or he'll, he'll they'll make plays anyway. Yeah, I mean, you're, if you're asking me like, what's my the thing that that you know I'm most concerned with is it's definitely pass rush. But do I believe that the Ravens will get pressure? I think yeah. the Ravens always get pressure, yeah. right? But I think the key is getting sacks or pressure is leading to turnovers, right? Um, we know the secondary has a bunch of ball hawks, so yeah. I think they'll get their turnovers. Uh, we know that they're really good at uh, creating turnovers by uh, punch outs and, and strips and, and, and pulling the ball out from the running backs and receivers downfield. They're really good at attacking the football. You know, I'm just, you know, if I'm just being honest, that the yeah, one thing I, that I am concerned with, it's not a scheme thing. It's a personnel thing, honestly. It's really just a personnel thing about pass rush that I'm just a little concerned with at this point. I don't blame you for that. What's going on in the world of health reel? Oh, man, we're uh, we're trying to close our, our Series A uh, round of funding right now. We're still doing our um, our beta testing. It's still free at healthreal.com. And once again, it's healthreal with two E's in the real. You guys can go to healthreal.com. You can download the app for free, still use it. Probably by the end of this year, 2022, we'll probably have a full-blown platform. And the cool thing about the platform now is that we're going to have mental, emotional, and physical health uh parameters and, and content and things like that. So what does that mean exactly? When I, when it comes to mental and emotional health, we know how big of a problem that's no been question. from teenagers to adults through COVID, right? So we're going to have a lot of content, really just giving people tips on how to address that and how to kind of, you know, be more aware uh, to look at mental health states and emotional health states and how your physical health, right? And your nutrition and your sleep and exercise, how all these things are completely interconnected. I can't wait for 2022 and the end of this year to really kind of release that more encompassing platform. So super exciting times right now, a lot of partnerships, a lot of collaborating. Femi, can I get just two seconds just because it's been a topic recently? I'm a, you know, I'm a massive tennis nerd and obviously everything that's going on with Naomi Osaka has transcended tennis. Um, I I am, I'm almost nervous, and, and and you're the guy like you you obviously love doing like you would do. You talk to us all the time, right? Like you were the guy that that was always one of the first people we would turn to in a, in a locker room. But 
you know, what do you make of the bigger conversation about, you know, where players are, prioritize? Like, I think the conversation should be about, I'm, I applaud Naomi Osaka for saying, I prioritize my health over tennis. I think that's a wonderful thing to say, hey, it's, the sport is not the end of the world. Being well is what matters. There's a bigger conversation that's being had about the future of media and press conference, things along those lines that I just don't know how, that I, conflating these two things is difficult for me because I think we need to talk about mental health more than we need to talk about whether or not press conferences are necessary. Yeah, I mean, I think that the thing that bothers me is we have these old heads in the media and they, they're they just not listening. Um, they talk about how the media, you know, helps your salary and the media helps this. No, not, you know, in the past, that's true. But guess what? Their social media, you know, some of these high-level athletes have millions of followers, and even the good athletes have hundreds of thousands of followers. Like it's about getting information out to the fans. They can interact directly yeah. with their fans if they want to. Um, this is about them wanting the lead. This is about them wanting that direct contact at times. And I think that go, hearkening back to the past all the time, we don't we don't live in the past. We don't ride on horses and in, in carriages anymore. Uh, you know, the plane I mean, has out where I live, there are still some people that do that. Yeah, it's I mean, a really weird People do it, right? But we're not going <laughs> to go from California to, to Baltimore yeah, in course, a horse and carriage, right? You know, we're not going to walk, right? You know, so I just think some of these, some of these analogies they use and the, the perspective and the reasoning, like they, they're owed something. And I'm part of the media now, you know, but I, I remember what it was like for certain people. And I understand mental and emotional health. You know, my background is my original background beyond human performance is in psychology. So when you tell somebody they have to do something and they're telling you like, look, I'm not right. Like some, there's an issue that I need to get fixed in talking to you or your, you know, you know, people in, in, in your particular categorical work group, they're not helping me. And some people say, Oh, that's weak. That's soft. That's this, that's that. No, I, I don't agree at all. I think that you you hit the nail on the head. People's mental and emotional health and wellness definitely comes first. Yeah. Does that mean they should not play? Does that mean they shouldn't be able to compete? No, it's not the competition. They've been competing their whole life. It's not the compete. Listen to this. They don't say that competing is getting to them. They don't say having to run around a court or a field for three hours is getting to them. They're saying that the post and the leading lead up with the media is what's getting to them. That's a very interesting thing because most people would crumble, crumble under the physical and emotional uh, toll it takes to compete at the highest level. Most people would crumble at that. Now we're talking about sitting at a desk in front of a camera with a microphone. That's the issue. But why is that? And I think for each person, it's a little bit different, but we need to stop using the past as prologue. We need to stop using the past as an excuse or a reason to keep doing things the way that we've always done them. We need to evolve. And so the bottom line is that I think that when you look at um, these major tennis tournaments, at first, I think they took a bit of a hard stance. But if you look at what they've been posting as of late, they're kind of softening up a little bit and they, they probably should listen a little bit more. But the bottom line is, is that um, as an athlete, you are responsible to your fans you're responsible to your sponsors, um, and you're obviously uh, responsible to your bosses, right? So where does the media fit into that? Sometimes the media, because of TV deals and maybe radio deals and things like that, maybe they are indirectly sort of your boss, right? Because they're sort of paying your salary. But the bottom line is, is that if you want athletes to be open and honest, when they are open and honest, you can't penalize them for it, and you can't bring up the past as if the past is set precedent on how things should always be going forward. I actually think Mike Greenberg handled it the best. Um, I listened to Stephen A. Smith and a couple other people the other day, and I was like, you, you guys don't get it. You're, you're biased toward your job. You mm -hmm. never competed at a high mm -hmm. level. So don't talk, don't talk to us athletes about 
what it means to get in front of a camera and talk to you. And I was listening to Mike Wilbon and, and, uh, you know, uh, I forgot who's his, uh, who's his partner. Uh, Kornheiser. Yeah. Tony Kornheiser. I was listening to them a little bit and they're so old school. Like sometimes I think they're evolving. Like they're not, they don't act like they're 70. And then I hear them talk sometimes. Like, oh yeah, you're 70. You don't, you don't get it. You're, you're still a hard guy. You, you, you dismiss analytics. You dismiss this, you dismiss that. Right. The bottom line is, is there's a lot of gray area and all this stuff. There's, this isn't black and white. This is very gray. And the more people are open and honest, I think you should probably listen and get away from what you think is the right way of doing things because you're not the one in the spotlight. I mean, maybe they are a little bit, but not like a, a no, not path. the same. Like, yeah, no, there's no comparison right. there, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. Um, I, I knew I knew you'd have a thoughtful answer for me. I knew that would be the case. That's why we ask these questions. At Obafemi30 on Twitter, that's how you follow him. Um, and check out Health Real as well. Femi, love and you, brother. And Obafemi30 on Instagram, too. Oh, same place. Go find him there. <laughs> yep. uh, love you, brother. Always appreciate All taking right, the time for us, man. Yeah, no worries. Femi Aaron Badejo, Super Bowl champion, Ravens radio color analyst. Appreciate him hopping on with us this morning here on GCR. Today's program. We're not going to take a break here. Uh, we'll just move right along. We'll talk to uh, Patrick Steele. I guess I need to. Man, I got it. You know, this is the stuff that I got to remember to do when I forget. Oh, good. I, I was going to text I you. I probably should. Have, it's fine. It's not on you. It's on me. I promise you. It's it's not you. It's me. <laughs> it's not you. It's not me. breaking up with you. Though. Classic. I need you to classic. know that. Here, that's the uh, that's got the next our next guest's phone number. We'll go that route. Today's show also brought to you by Window Nation. They've got an amazing offer for you right now. Get fifty percent off all styles of windows. Plus, put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. The scenarios are up for Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. You can find them at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, facebook.com slash Radio. I promise we will get to them at some point during the course of the morning. I, we got a lot going on, a lot happening. I promise we will discuss them on the program, uh, Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios, again, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. And find them facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio or at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. These scenarios for Would You Rather Wednesday are up right now. Still to come today, Drew Forrester is going to join us. Rick from Reisterstown will call the Belmont Stakes. That will all still be occurring as the morning goes along. We all right? What's going on? Everything okay? Everything all right? <laughs> Okay, go ahead. All right, you got the number. Are you okay? Yeah, but did you write it down, or do you need? I'm saying, do you still need the number? Okay, all right. Okay. All right. I don't know what's going on. I have no. I never know what's going on. There's two different numbers. Yeah. Oh, call the call the mobile number. Yeah. We're we're producing live on the air. This is, in fairness, this is on me. This is on. I'm not blaming Zach. Zach's in for Kyle today. Kyle's down in Colombia. He's at a uh, he's at a wedding, and so Zach from the Bad Round, which you hear every Saturday morning, ten to noon, same locations, Facebook.com/slash Pressbox Sports and Pressboxonline.com/slash/radio. Zach's in uh, for Kyle this morning, and and I I sometimes I just get so used to the things that Kyle knows how to do, and is used to around here that I forget that not everyone does, and that. I blame myself for call call on the wrong number. That's kind of my uh, call call the home number. It's all good. Supposed to call the mobile number. No big deal. No big deal. All good. 
All right, uh, joining us now, he's been doing it every week uh, since uh, college sports returned to our lives. And so let's put the finishing touches on the college athletic season, specifically college lacrosse season. After Virginia won the national championship on Monday, he was up in Hartford to see all of the festivities this weekend. He's our friend Patrick Stevens at Discourse on Twitter, U.S. Lacrosse Magazine. He joins us now here on GCR. Patrick, good morning, sir. Everything good? Everything is good, and you? Oh, everything is all right around these parts. I, you know, I, I know Maryland fans obviously are quite disappointed by the outcome, but I would think the sport of lacrosse has to be pretty thrilled for the most. I mean, the Maryland Duke was a bummer, of course, but for two of these three games this weekend to be as entertaining and as exciting as they were, it seems like the sport showed well with a national audience over the weekend. And not just that, but three of the four quarterfinals were really good. Too. Exactly right. So, I mean, you you go through you go through the last three week three rounds of the tournament, and it held up really really well. Um, like you say, that that last game in particular uh, was simply fabulous uh, between Maryland and Virginia. Uh, maybe not necessarily like taught all the way. I mean, it was a five goal game there at one point in the fourth quarter, but. Certainly, you had you had so many compelling storylines. Whether it was Virginia's attempt for the really weird, successful title right. defense, Maryland going for the undefeated season, uh, and of course the finish, uh, Maryland's. You know, I'm, I'm still I'm still amazed that this, that that game didn't go to overtime, given given the the look that, that they got. And you can't you got to give credit to Alex Rode, the goalie from Virginia, for making that stop. I mean, that's you know that's sort of in that Sam Schaefer category. That's that's the stop that you dream no doubt, no doubt. Of, of making when you're when you're a goalie. Uh, and uh, you know, I think for Maryland, they couldn't have gotten a better look. So uh, you know, I, I don't think you sit there and and pin that on the faceoff guy because he did absolutely everything else right on that play. Winning the faceoff clean, uh, running downfield, and, and getting a great look on the cage. Um, kind of staggering. You, we talked last week about this this second semifinal thing. And again, look, Maryland was right in this and and had a look to tie it up. But really, kind of remarkable that this trend continues. The winner of the first semifinal is now twelve and two, dating back in the title game, dating back to two thousand seven, with the two teams managing to win being. Duke in, in 2010, which needed overtime to take down Notre Dame, uh, and then Maryland in 2017. It has not been lost on people that, that Maryland has been in the late semifinal in all eight of its trips to the Final Four under, under John Tillman. So, uh, you know, at some point that probably starts messing with your head a little bit. But there's also, you know, from talking to Quinn Kesnick uh, before the game on, on Monday, you know, there is there are some practical benefits to play in that first game, whether it's a little extra rest. Yeah. And he described back in his career where he had the chance to sit down and watch the second semifinal after playing in the first uh, first game of, on Saturday uh, of noticing uh, a tendency of a player, and he ended up making a save on Memorial Day because he, he had noticed that watching that game and basically wow. guessed right as a result, uh, which, which I thought was a really fascinating point to make. And... You know, look, we could sit here and come up with any number of ways to revamp the tournament. Uh, I think there's some value to the idea on a lot of fronts of of moving the title game to a week later or at least four or five days after the semifinals. Now, I don't think we saw uh, on Monday what we've seen in some past years where the quality of play was just low because 
the teams were gassed. I mean, yeah. I think the, the the bad weather in Hartford actually helped on that front. That that both teams were reasonably fresh uh, play, playing in that title game, but. Uh, you know, I think there's a couple different ways, more than a couple different ways that you could do the tournament, either spread it out over four weekends or do uh, the first round of the quarters together at four different pods or something like that, or the quarters and the semis together at two different pods, however you want to do it. I think there's a lot of different ways you can, but I do think there's some value to the idea of, of having a buildup to a title game, even if it is off of Memorial Day, even if it's a week later or so. Are you hearing any conversation about that, Patrick? No, I, okay. I have not heard anything along those lines. Although, you know, I think people in the sport uh, have, have bandied that idea around. I mean, there is a, there is a general idea that, you know, that's sort of a spot on Memorial Day. Like, it, 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 is, a, it is a great, you know, item to circle. Yep. Uh, on the calendar, like it's all about this Memorial is, right. This right? is what we're leading up to. Yeah. You know, and it's been that way since 1986. It hasn't been that way forever, but it's it's been that way for for 35 years now. So, uh, you know, but I do think that you know you looked at the stadium. I wish we, you know, this is one of those cases where you definitely wish you could have had more fans in the building because I think that they had right sized the 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 championship mm-hmm. in East Hartford. I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't. There's not a lot nearby. I mean, you're 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 far enough away from both New York and Boston, but it's not really that close to either. But at the same time, that's kind of the right size that you have. And and every conversation that you have about the idea of of moving it off of Memorial Day is well, then maybe Navy could host because you can't host at Navy with with commissioning uh, going on. So if you put it first weekend in June, maybe Navy's your host, and and at that point you have right sized it. I mean, it's a stadium that seats. 34,000, I think it is, yep. on some of the berm seating and all that. So I, I, I think that there's there's certainly some conversations to be had, but I don't know if there's any real urgency uh, to actually make that happen anytime. And there are still some NFL stadiums coming up, correct? They're, they're, yes. Well, yeah. It'll be one more year in East Hartford, uh, and then to Philadelphia for two, and then back to Fox right, for two. Right. So the next five years are, are, are all booked. Yeah, that's what I thought. And so we'll see. But I look, I... You know, I, I feel about this sort of the way that I feel about when pe- people complain about, like, you, you know, both teams have to play a game, right? And you got to go win the game. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that number is drastic enough that that's the reason why you have to change it. Now, I think your point about the years in which you didn't get a quality lacrosse game, I think that's a better reason for the conversation than just because the, the team that played in the second semifinal has apparently been at a significant yeah, disadvantage. Yeah, and, and I would also point out the idea of, don't you want to build up your, your biggest game of the year? Have a, have a whole mean, week of conversation leading up to it. You basically have yeah. what, a, a, hol- a Sunday, the day before a holiday to do it. Yep, yep, there's no media, there's no, I hear you, I hear you. And, and, and that's not even, that's not even, you know, just in a pandemic type situation. That's a normal scenario yep. where, everybody, you know, there, it's just a quick rush. And, you know, I think Maryland had, one instance all year that it played tw- twice in three days before Monday, and Virginia did too, going Duke and Utah in mid-April back-to-back. Uh, so it's not exactly the sort of thing teams are accustomed to doing either. Patrick, um, I, you know, Patrick Stevens is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Obviously, for Maryland fans, this is a little bit easier to stomach because they won one a couple years ago, and, and they don't have to, we don't have to talk about whether they're cursed and all of the – all of that sort of stuff. They do lose a lot, however. I would think, you know, this is Maryland that we're talking about at this point. There's every reason to think they're going to be right back in the mix to make a run to the Final Four next year. Maryland, as a program, has had the highest floor 
out of anybody over the last, I don't know, six, seven years or so. Uh, certainly back to about 16. Um, and maybe even a little bit further back than that. And so there's, there's not much reason to think Maryland's going to fall off that much. I mean, yes, you know, Nick Grill was a fifth year guy. Jared Bernhardt, who's probably going to win the Tawaraton Award, yep. um, is a fifth year guy. But Logan Wisnoskis plans to be back. You know, you've got a, a, a defense that has a lot of good pieces in place. You know, the short sticks came along really nicely this year uh, and kind of solved um, what had been kind of a weakness in the post-championship years. Uh, you know, Logan McNaney's back. Uh, you have a lot of guys that are going to be back in the fold, even if the, the one dominant player that was sitting there isn't going to be. And so Maryland's is about as good as anybody to adapting to what it has. Uh, and I would expect uh, I would expect Maryland to be a team that, that spends most of uh, next year in the top five and and head into the tournament as a very real title possibility. Yeah, that's the sense that I get as well. As far as Virginia is concerned, I mean, this is at, at at this point as long as Lars Tiffany is going to be their head coach, do we assume that Virginia is it's the same it's the same conversation? I I, I think it is. You know, we we went a while there. We went eight years between titles for yep. Virginia, and they didn't even make the Final Four in any of those seasons. You know, and there was a time not too long ago, and, and this was brought up a little bit post game. Like, you know, we were wondering whether Virginia was ever going to win an ACC game again. Like, they couldn't win a conference. No, it was bad. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and now, and some of this, and, and Lars Tiffany, to his immense credit, continues to credit Dom Starzia and Mark Van Arsdale, who's now the Loyola offensive coordinator, for their recruiting efforts in, in kind of building, uh, in kind of building up. The roster a bit you know they had a lot of good pieces to work with when they rolled in but at the same time this is five years out now and this is Lars Tiffany's program and you know so much you know he, he's made a lot of, of you know the importance of building culture and all that one of the things I asked him about this weekend was you looked at how this was a year of so many transfers and everybody's loading up in the portal and Virginia went out and got one guy. They got a they got Charlie Bertrand, who had been a two time Division two player of the yeah, year at Merrimack. That's it right. Was a really valuable piece. But they didn't overhaul their roster. They only had two other fifth year guys in Doc Aiken and Jared Connors, and, and those were two really helpful pieces. Yeah. I think you could have made a case for Connors as being the most outstanding player of the tournament no, as well. It was unbelievable just because of everything that he did. Yep. But this is you know you look down there now and it is it's a bit of a it's a bit of a juggernaut, and the fact that they've figured things out in May now in consecutive tournaments makes you think that there's a little bit of secret sauce uh, that, A, some other people are going to try to emulate if they can, uh, and, B, something that, that I think Virginia is going to cherish and, and, and try to replicate year over year over year moving forward. Um, how easy that is? Pro- probably not too easy. We haven't seen a team go three in a row uh, since Princeton back in the late 90s. So that might be a little bit of an ask. But they'll still have Matt Moore, and they'll still have Connor Schellenberger, who was a breakout star this season. And, you know, they're going to they're gonna be a team that's going to have to be reckoned with as well next year. Schellenberger was that good as a freshman. Jesus, man. Like, he's unbelievable. He was unbelievable. Yeah, Matt Moore reminded everybody what he was capable of doing. All right, Patrick, anything else we need to cover before we play our game? No, don't think so. All right, let's do it. Can Patrick Stevens name the MLB teams this particular player has played for? Um, this is the season finale version. Yeah, of it? this is the season. I mean, obviously, you and I will probably end up having a, at some point. We'll be sitting at a baseball game this summer, and I'll just start throwing out some of the more random names that I have been avoiding with you. Um, but this is the season finale. I, I again will go with an active player for my five-team guy. 
Um, someone who's been an all-star once, and I get this is a tough one because he's a reliever, but there's you know there's, there's some sentimental value locally. Six teams for the great Darren O'Day. Six teams for Darren O'Day? Six teams for Darren O'Day. Six teams for Darren O'Day would be Texas mm-hmm. and Baltimore. Of course. And Atlanta. Yes. He is currently a Yankee. He I most believe. certainly is. He made a Mets cameo, He right? did make a Mets cameo, and I, I had no idea that he had started his career with this particular team. Where did Darren O'Day start his career? That's a good question. I, I actually thought Texas was the answer. I thought it was as well, but the Mets were before that. And another, another in, he made 30 appearances in 2008 to begin his major league career. 2008, at the beginning of his career, huh? Um, oof, this is, this is, Trickier than I thought it was going to be here here at the tail end. Was he in? Uh, was he an angel at the start? Oh my God! How? How? You wizard! How? <laughs> How in the world? I don't believe you. That's exactly what I said when I called that Mac Moore goal earlier this year. By the way, too. <laughs> uh, holy crap! How did you come up with that? Yes, Darren O'Day. Uh, began his career 30 games with the Los Angeles Angels in 2008. That That is quite simple. By the way, I also learned today, it's something I never knew when Darren O'Day was in Baltimore, his family name was originally Odachowski. Huh. They decided to change it to O'Day. All right, so uh, your four-team guy, uh, again, not we don't need an easy one, but I, I think you'll handle this no problem. Uh, a man who has transitioned quite well into his career as a broadcaster, um, he had four stops in his career, three-time All-Star, Cy Young winner, World Series MVP. He is Oral Hershiser. Oral Hershiser was a Dodger. Of course. And he was an Indian. Of course. And he was a Met. Yes. And now there's one Oh, left. Oh, oh, I thought you would have known. I actually, I, for some reason, I remember this. In 1998, he made an appearance between... The Indians and the Mets, and then he ended up going back to the Dodgers at the end of his career. So there's one team left here there's in 98. One, there's one team in 1998. Oral Hershiser, where did he, uh, uh, was he, was he in Atlanta? No, no, not Atlanta. It, San Francisco? That was the one. That okay. was the one. San Francisco was the stop in 1998. He was a San Francisco Giant, and he made uh, 34 starts. He pitched the entire season in 1998 with the Giants. All right, sir. Um, as always, appreciate you being a part of what we do every week. We will we will do this. As, as news warrants, of course, we will check in with you um, during the course of the next few months, and then we will look forward to basketball season next year. If, if you want to do some football, we can do that, but uh, I know how you feel about it. So um, we'll be in touch. But really, as always, greatly appreciate you being a part of this each and every week uh, as the season has gone on. Thanks so much for having me. Patrick Stevens, at Discourse, D1S Course on Twitter is how you follow him. U.S. Lacrosse Magazine, The Washington Post as well. Appreciate him checking in with us. All right, we're late. It's just what it is. Drew's (laughs) going to be mad. I got to take a break. Drew, if if you hear me, I got to take a break. So we'll grab a break. We'll come back in. Drew Forrester is going to join us. Rick from Reisterstown is going to... Call this stupid race. I don't know why we do this to ourselves. It's on me. I apologize in advance. 
Um, today's show also brought to you by the new print issue of Pressbox, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Read it all, pressboxonline.com. John Means on the cover this month. Again, go pick it up today. Drew's next, Glenn Clark Radio. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce Silver Anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a Double Bacon and Cheddar Burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, Barbecue Chicken Bowl, and their Silver Anniversary Turtle Cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's Silver Anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online when a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. Hey, this is Chris Rowland from Great Ace Memorabilia. And June 27th from 12 to 4, we want to invite you out to the first ever Tucker Fest for the Brigands Brigade Foundation. Come meet Justin Tucker. Listen to a free live concert from Joey Harkham and Dave Teeth. Jeremy Kahn will be in the Express Exterior Design Dunk Booth. We'll have food trucks from Jimmy's Famous Seafood, vendors, and a huge cornhole tournament. This is a free family fun event on Sunday, June 27th from 12 to 4 p.m. at Jerry's Toyota on Bella Road. For more information, go to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's Great Eights with the number eight letter S. And remember, Great Eights Memorabilia, be great. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host, Zach Goodman, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash the bat around or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports it takes time to get rich flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of colombia and brazil to royal farms but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world because royal farms new swiss made coffee machines grind those rich flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time it's why royal farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. 
This is GlennClarkRadio.com. Nothing but net. All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Pressbox. Today's show also brought to you by the Stan the Fan Variety Hour, which is back tonight. Stan and Gary Stein talking uh, some horse racing. Gabby Gaudette will join them as they'll get ready for the Belmont, discuss all of the insanity of the last few weeks. You can join them tonight, facebook.com slash Sports. Or if you miss it live, you'll be able to find it tomorrow, PressBoxOnline.com. As always, Stan Show is brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Drew, can you hear me okay? I can. Oh, man. We, was, we were a little nervous this morning, but it's good. I can't believe I'm saying these words. It's good to hear your voice. I can't believe I'm actually saying that. Don't write that down. Don't think that I'll ever say that again, but it's good to hear your voice. Imagine, by the way, this, like is, this is – thank you, pal. I appreciate that. Uh, joining me, you, I don't think you can see him, but joining me this morning, uh, uh, Zach from the Bat Around is in for Kyle, and the first time he's doing this, he has to be subjected to Rick from Reisterstown. Just imagine, like, I assume this means he'll never, he'll completely decide it's time to get out of the business. Well, I mean, you start off with, you, you go as high as you can go, and then there's nowhere else to go from there. <laughs> yeah, something like I, that. I, I've heard him before. I'm excited to hear this. Like, what? I'm, no, I'm very, don't say those words. I'm, I'm looking don't forward to it. Don't say those words. You'll regret them wholeheartedly. No, no. I don't even know who's running in the race. Oh, I couldn't tell you either. I, could name, I honest to God, don't maybe know. Maybe, like, no horses? I don't yeah. think I know a single horse in this you race. Mean, you mean, well... I, nobody cares because there's no triple crown at stake. This is one of those occasions when I truly don't have a horse in the race. Hey, hey. Okay, anyway. All about the puns. Um, what uh, What's going on in your world? What's the Orioles won a game? That's exciting. Well, you, they weren't going to lose 15 in a row. <laughs> Everybody knows that. What, what is, what's the Vetus Garolide? And, and they weren't going to lose 17 in a row to the Twins either. I know that much. Nobody. They, they had lost 16 games in a row just to the Twins. Correct. It happens. So I've heard about this today. Would you? Someone asked me. Well, hang on a second. You quoted me this morning and didn't and didn't credit me. Yesterday I quoted you and credited you. But today you did it again and you didn't quote me. Well, it's not. I own that now. I, oh, I, you. This is like the NFT situation. This is NFT. yours now. You can no longer say it. I can only say. Oh, it. I didn't realize um, that. Would Would you bet a thousand dollars right now that they win fifty games? A thousand? Okay, no, no, <laughs> no, no. I wouldn't. I would not bet a thousand dollars they win fifty games. No, of course not. Would you bet a thousand they win forty-five? Mm. Yes, I would. I would. I'm not going to do it, but I would. Hang on, I got to think about this. Where are they at right now? <laughs> there, it's 18, 18, 18, 18 wins. And they've got how many games left? 30, Plenty. They're 18 and 37. They've played so they've 55. played 55 games. So to, in order to get, we got to do this math. In order to get to 45, they would have to win 27, and they have 100 and 107 games remaining. Am I doing that math right? They got 100. Yeah. They got 107 games left. Yes. They would have to go 27 and 80. Yeah. You have to bet that. I don't feel you? like I don't feel you like have to bet that's that. That's got to be realistic. Don't you have to? Yeah, I think my number, I think my number to bet it is forty-five. Yeah, I think so. But I, yeah. but I also think they're also a really good bet to win fifty. Uh, 
I mean, okay. I mean, well, look, the, the 2018 Orioles won 47 games. You can't imagine it gets as bad as that. It's already been horrible. I mean, these two months, it, they've, they've won six games insane? combined. This is Have the... you watched the game? <laughs> I, look, 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 look. I mean, the 2018 Orioles were historically bad. I, you, you, feel like, you, 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 you feel like this team will, will at least pull out above 50 wins. You but, would think. Wait a second. Why? Why no, do you I, feel that way? Because they, they, Oh, he's, he's young. He's young. Hey, look, he's a young I mean, guy. Sure. Look. Hang on a second, though. Hang on. Hang on. The, you, you do have to remember they're likely to not be as good as the, there's not likely to be the impact player that's going to come up. That guy is sure, not likely sure. coming. I, I know, I agree. They only have three good players and they might trade all three of them. And that they're likely to, as a roster, either due to trade or injury, they're more likely yes. to be worse than they are to get better as a baseball team. The only argument you can make for why they get better is Ryan Mountcastle continues to, you know, the last seven days hadn't been good to save for the home run the other day, but that Ryan Mountcastle hits hits closer to what we saw in September a year ago. Sure, and they can improve that way. They're just but look, from- 20, twenty-seven and eighty is a really low bar. Like that is, I know they just lost fourteen straight. I understand that, but that is, I mean, that's definitely realistic for me. I mean, it's definitely but you're, realistic. But this is a thousand dollars. You don't have a thousand dollars. I don't have it to bet. That's for sure. Bird costume. <laughs> Settle down. Zach hosts the bat around every Saturday morning for us. He's. I like Zach. Settle oh, down. Okay. So he he's invested in the team then. But no. Correct. But not in like he's not. I'm, I'm invested as a hang fan. Hang on a second. I don't think no, he's. You're not. You're a homer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, uh, you're getting after poor Zach. He's not. I don't think he's purposely carrying their water. I think he is being practical. In what he's saying, that like you, you, the sheer math of of me saying, I of, totally agree. By the way, they have to win forty five. Right? How could they what really? Yes. How could they really go yes. thirty two? Thousand that they win fifty. And I don't think I would, because I think they could win forty nine, because that's just the way they are. Once they find out I bet a thousand on them to win fifty, then they go into town. Oh yeah, you're it's over. It's a Mike Smith situation at that point. There's no doubt about that. That's the way it goes. I couldn't do it. I couldn't bet a thousand dollars for them to win. No. It would in it, if you said right now, I'll let you I'll let you bet fifty dollars, one thousand percent. I'm yeah, doing that, yeah. right? I'd bet a hundred dollars. But to bet I'm not a person who $1,000 yet doesn't impact me. I have not gotten to that place in my I, life, nor am I likely to. I am with I, you. I will likely never be at that place By in the my way, life. something just happened in my life that's never happened before. Something just happened in your life that's never happened before. You and took Wait a second. It, you took, you took a shower happened, You took a shower on consecutive days? <laughs> no, I do that all the time. Um, yeah, when did that start? And why, why didn't you, you do that when we worked together? Well, that was early. Oh, when it happens to you... You're going to be the same way I am. Mm. My son just texted me. Oh, oh, you had not. There had been no texting before. He didn't have a phone. When did you get him a phone? Yesterday. Oh, boy. Oh, how did this go? Um. Well, so far, it's going great. Wait, wait, okay. But was this something that was coming for a while that like you had well, you had picked yeah, out? Yes, he has to have one to go to Coward Hall. And we got it for him for a graduation gift from eighth grade. Right. So he's going to high school next year. Correct. Wasn't he just two? Yes, last week. And here's the funny part. He's bigger. He's taller than me. Well, I mean, in fairness, you're not you're not particularly tall. Like, let's no, not. But he's taller than me. Okay, wait a second. This, this isn't right. I remember I, I, when I came back home from Arizona at one point, the boss asked me to go to lunch with you. I guess he already had something in mind. And he was a baby. 
Like you had him, you in a in a in a, and he was he was texting me now. He's, he's texting me. Oh boy. Oh boy, man. Oh boy. I mean, I know you're old, so this doesn't really like you know that the the, the part of this where you're old doesn't surprise me all that much. But now I'm old. <laughs> That's the problem here. Now I'm striking the fact that I'm old. What now? Is he texting you for the sake of texting you? Yeah, or... he wants to go uh, to Sky Zone tonight with the girls from school. Well, wait a second. I mean, <laughs> shouldn't you be encouraging that? Like that sounds like. I mean, what are you, what are you saying to that? This is you, a legendary moment of GCRA. No, hang on a second. Hang on. I would think that would be you would be happy about that, wouldn't you? I mean, I'm excited about it, but you know, my son's texting me now. Well, okay, but that I, I mean, brought him from the hospital last month. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How are you? Are you are you really struggling with this, or is it? Are you playing this up? It's you know, you're. You'll see. I, I have mean, no doubt. I have no doubt. You already see it. I already, right? I, I 100% like already Lucy, see it. It's like when Lucy looked up at the at the TV while the football playoffs were on, and she said, Dad, who's that guy? And I said, Aaron Rodgers. He's the quarterback of the Packers. And she said, quote, oh, he's cute. Oh, boy. Oh, I said, boy. <laughs> I said, Lucy. Yeah. Don't ever say that again, ever. Right. Ever. About a boy, ever. Right. Never again. Oh boy. Unless it's Lamar Jackson, of course. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. I'm I'm with Drew on this. That's why I didn't have any girls. Um have ten you, years old and she thought Aaron Rodgers was cute. Have you dealt with her having like a boyfriend at all? Have you dealt with her like coming home one day and saying, I have a boyfriend at school? No. Okay. All right. Because all right. I would immediately have to go to that kid's parents. Yeah, I was going to say, right? <laughs> like, well, you, well, why would you go to the parents? You, I think you would go straight to him, wouldn't you? That would be the Keep way that you would go. creepy hands off my daughter. Of course. Of course that's what you would do. Are you going to be okay? Like, are, are uh -oh. you? Okay. I, Not when it comes to her. Okay, so what's, what's going to be, what's this going to do to you? Because you're already a borderline psychopath. Like, I don't right. know what your thing is. Is going to be you. You can't turn to gambling. You've been gambling for years. Right. Um, you can't turn to religion. You did that a few years ago. Like what? Right. What? What is your thing going to be as you deal with this crisis? You can't turn to wine. You've been drinking wine since you were born. Like, like what? What is it going to be? What's? How are you going to cope with all of this? I think the end result will be homeschool. Okay, you're just gonna you're just gonna become that guy. You're just gonna try to. It's keep, an option. I mean, right? look, I am gonna shut her down from society. Stop! Stop! <laughs> Somebody, they're gonna yell at you. They're gonna yell at you. you. You're making jokes like this. They're gonna yell at you. They're gonna say, uh, "You you don't you don't own your daughter." They're gonna they're gonna say things to you. You're not allowed to say these things anymore. Um, I don't own her, but she can't date till she's. 30. Well, yeah, of course. That no, that's a that's a smart policy. I she think can't in date general. Till she's by the way, Drew once upon a time did this to me with his sister-in-law. Mm. Drew, his sister-in-law. We where were we were in Sarasota, right? Is that where we were? Yeah. She came down to visit, and I asked a very innocuous question. I was just like, "Drew, what's what's your uh, what's your sister-in-law story?" And immediately he said back, "You stay the hell away from her. <laughs> you stay the hell away from." Her. I was like. I was like, I just wanted to know, like, you know, what's she all about? Like, where's she from? And he was, Drew was very clear. And then, like, literally a week later, we were back home, and 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 we were talking about it with Luke Jones, and Drew was like, Luke, Luke, you should talk to my sister-in-law. You should meet her. 
And I'm like, what the hell, man? Like, what Luke, the- Luke back then, well, still is, an upstanding young man. And what are you saying you, about me exactly? You were a derelict. No, no, no. You don't know that. You just think that. You just assume no, it. You don't- <laughs> I 100% know that. I don't know what you're referring to. Anyway, anyway. so I would bet 1,000 that they win 45. I wouldn't bet 1,000 that they win 50. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I literally think that's my for betting a thousand dollars. So it has to be a sure thing at that point. I think forty five is as far as I'm willing to go. I don't think I would bet a thousand dollars for them to win fifty games. I don't think I that. I think would be at the, the beginning case. of the year, I'd have to go back and look. I think I said they were going to win fifty eight games. I, I, I think that's out the window. I mean, it could still happen. Fifty eight's a terrible year, but I don't think they can win fifty eight. With the team they were for the first few weeks where they swept the Red Sox to start, and then they, they weren't too bad. I mean, they played close to 500 ball. They go on to win, you know, or they go on to lose 14 straight games. Do you think they're going to lose 14 straight games again? Is that something that's that, no, going to keep, I keep happening? That, I do think they'll go another stretch where they go 5-15. and 15. Oh, for sure they will. Definitely. I mean, that's that, a given. They'll 100% they'll do that. Yeah. Although, you know, it's weird, right? Like, the pitching's been good recently. It has. And I don't think that you can expect that to continue. Like, I don't think that we can assume that Bruce Zimmerman's this guy or that Jorge Lopez is suddenly going to be giving them quality <laughs> starts every other time out. But, like, I, I don't know. There is some weird – as I, they were not as bad as 14 straight losses would make them out to be. I think, in fact, truthfully, I truly believe both the Pirates and the Diamondbacks are worse teams. I think the Orioles were caught up in a worse stretch. Um, and I think we saw examples of that, like the Pirates – the the Cubs play. You're literally forgetting how to oh, play baseball. Yeah. and might and be the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, it's truly unbelievable. But you know the amazing part about all of that? And I feel like this gets lost in the entire play. If after all of that nonsense, they just throw the ball to first base, the run doesn't count. Like, it's still yeah. a force yeah. out. It's still... Not, all of this is okay. Forgetting how baseball works is all still okay. As long as at some point... They just throw the ball to a guy standing <laughs> at first base. They can oh, the, the entire first part of the play, as disastrous and as idiotic as it was, could just be a ha-ha, giggle-giggle thing if the second baseman just runs over to first base yeah, and sec- says, Second baseman covered late. Hey, bro, throw the ball to me. It's still a force out. And then the catcher throws it away. It's I almost, love it. It's most unbelievable. Did you see the Diamondbacks thing from the other night? What was that? There was a pop-up to yeah. left center field. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Center fielder, left fielder, just go. Yep. To me. I got it. No, you got it. I'll right. get it. Nope. Oh, those, there it is. those are the things that make you a, a terrible baseball team. Not not just losing games. Like, I I hate saying. Yeah, but you. But also, you're missing something here. They were four for 64 with runners in scoring. I hear you. I hear you. And, like, the thing the other day where they had the runner on third base with nobody out I mean, in the 10th inning. Yeah, I get that's it. That's just like dropping a fly ball. I guess, I guess you're right about it that. Is. I guess. All you right got to do is just put your bat on the ball and get it out the right field. Uh, it, it won't show up in the blooper reel, but it's the same concept. Yeah. Uh, For sure. I guess. I guess. All right. Um, anything else you care about? You, you want to play Would You Rather Wednesday before we let this goof come in and do this? How about the dude that jumped out of the plane the other day without a parachute? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, I, by the way, apparently I might be doing a parachute oh. jump. Have you ever Have you ever done anything? Have you ever done no. I wouldn't mind doing it with a parachute. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not doing it without one. That guy jumped out without one. By the way, the end of the video is the really terrifying part. Like, you know, 
when he's got all the guys around him and everything's all right, like at some point he could have been off by a foot and everybody would just watch the guy die. Like by a, if he misses by a foot, the target, everybody's just going to watch the dude die. That's the way it's going to go. He, oh, you don't think he was, you don't think he would have survived that? No, I think it would have been close, real close. Him, but like that's the part that's crazy to me is that at some point there's just this. Well, go ahead, and they can. They just they're so confident that he's going to hit the target, and I I have, I don't know enough about that world to understand how that works, but like they bail way ahead of a point at which I would have felt confident the guy's definitely hitting the target that they had. It's not like the target was an ocean. <laughs> it's what? not like the target could have been missed. He didn't hit the center of the target. <laughs> he could have missed it. And then everybody would just watch the dude die. All right, um, let's play Would You Rather Wednesday before uh, we, we let Rick in here. Check check to see if Rick's waiting in the radi- waiting room. Oh, Don't wait, let him. you rushed about the lacrosse game? What's that? Uh, no, not nearly. I guess there's two things going on, right? Like, I I care more about Loyola lacrosse than I do about Maryland lacrosse anymore because, you know, what? One of them pays me, so I, I just, you know, it, it, it's changed things. I'm, I'm not watching. There were years in which I watched every Maryland lacrosse game all season long. This year I watched a handful, right? Like, I didn't watch nearly as many. So I wasn't, and also the fact they won a national championship four years ago, that buys you a lot of grace. You know what I mean? Like, it buys you a lot. If they didn't win that one, every single one of these would continue to be just, just, just terribly crushing. But... It was a bummer. I mean, it was a hell of a game. Yeah, and made a great save. He made a great yeah. save, right? And what, what do you say at that point? Like, it was a great game. They they came back from down five with, with seven minutes to go. It's insane. It's insane that they were even in the position. Oh, God. Oh, God, he's here. I believe he is here. Oh, damn it. All right, we'll do this. I was, tr- I was trying to figure out how to mute this until we were done oh, the discussion, no, but I didn't get no that way. chance. It was a great game, though. I mean, it was a really great game. If you're, if you know... It, it, if you if you were spending your day watching lacrosse on Monday, you were thoroughly entertained by a damn good lacrosse game. All right, I don't know why we continue to do this, but we continue to do this. Um, one more of these this year. Rick from Reisterstown is with us now to call the Belmont Stakes. Rick, I think we can just skip through all the pomp and circumstance, right, and get right to it. Is that okay by you? Uh, yes, sir. All right, great. Yes, sir. All right, let's turn it over to. Our, I don't know why. I don't. I know it. I'm not going to say anything else. Uh, Drew, can you can can you avoid the the low hanging fruit Tarico jokes or or that's still gonna be in your repertoire? Oh, you want me to be Mike Tarico? Well, you're gonna be Drew Tarico. That's the way that we do things. You're gonna be Drew okay. Tarico. But I'm I'm asking if you can do it without you know you know what what am I doing? Let's just get to the point. Um, oh, I guess we have to start this the appropriate way. Uh, they they still play this song right up in New York. They don't have to they don't have to get rid of this one because of. Uh, uh, uh. Um, uh, well, I was, I was. Oh, do you just want to do it? We can do it this well, way if you'd yeah. like. I didn't think you could play music on your show. Well, I, I was going to play it in the background. We can't play it directly, but I was going to play it in the background if that's all right. If you would rather do it that way, we, that's fine too, and we can let Rick try to figure it out. Of course, there's an. Go ad. ahead, Rick. Sing it. Why wouldn't there be an ad? Hang on a second. I got to wait eight seconds for the stupid ad at the start of the stupid video because why wouldn't that be the case? Here we go to perform uh, New York, New York. I give you. I'm leaving today. Sure. <laughs> I want to be a part of it. New York, New York. This might be the greatest thing I've ever heard. 
Yeah, there we go. Sounds just like Sinatra. I wanna wake up in a city. <laughs> not, not even on the right lyrics. And find I'm king of the hill. Top of the heat. Just keep These going. Little damn blue. Yeah, sure. I'm not sure that's the right. This is why, this is why you got into this business, isn't it? This moment. I'm the king of the hill. Oh my god. Top of the heat. Job Rick. <laughs> These little town blues. Yep. Um in a way. Let's get to the race. <laughs> Just get to the part where he's gotta do the big booming, you know, like let him tie it up, Drew. Come on! If I can make it there, I'll make it anywhere. It's up to you, New York, New York. Oh, God. It gives you chills every that time. That is the greatest thing it just I've gives ever, you, ever, ever witnessed Every, every in my time life. you hear it, it truly gives you chills when you get to hear Rick from Reisterstown perform New York, <laughs> New York. The worst thing I've ever all right, we turn things over to uh, our track announcer, or not, not a tr- our our broadcast host, Drew Tarico, to set things up. Hey, all right, guys. Well, welcome up uh, here to uh, Belmont. Uh, can you grab me a thing of water, real quick, uh, there, young lady? Oh, then you, Appreciate you. Sure. Why not? Why not? Where do you go, Hofstra? Yeah, there we go. This is off the rails. There we go. All right. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Well, oh, Hofstra, huh? It's a good school. Yeah. Um, we don't have I, a triple crown. I think, I think she was actually Iona, unfortunately. Iona. Iona. We don't have a triple crown um, candidate this year. And, in fact, most of the horses in the race stink. Um, but we're here, <laughs> nonetheless. God, and the good Rico. News, and the good news is, despite the um, the lack of talent in the race, you can still bet on it. That's that's the only reason we're doing this. So we're uh, we're ready to turn it over now. Um, what's the guy's name? Larry what? Calmus. Larry Colmus. Larry's down there track No, no we, we call him Rick Colmus. We haven't uh, look. We right. we Thanks. should probably rehearse one of these years. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> you, you guys prepare. You do smooth it. sailing right it here. It sounds like you guys don't really prepare anything before the show. Oh, your your bestie goes to Fordham, huh? Yeah, that's a good school. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, anyway, all right. So let's turn it over to Rick Colmus. Call of the race. Uh, third leg of the Triple Crown this year. Uh, it's anybody's race because all the horses are terrible. Well, how you doing tonight, everybody? The one, the one is Bourbonic. He's trained by Todd Fletcher. The two is Essential Quality, trained by Brad Cox. Are you going to tell us who is- the riders are, Rick? Yeah, that matters. <laughs> yeah. Bourbonic is ridden by Kendra Karamouche. Okay, yeah, Number two, win. Essential Quality, trained by Brad Cox, ridden by Louis Saez. He could win. Number three is Ron Bauer. Ridden by Johnny Velasquez. He could definitely wait, win. Wait, John Vela- Vel- Velasquez is on Ron Bauer? What happened there? Well, things happen. Trained train by, train <laughs> by Michael McCarthy. Thank you. Number four, <laughs> Thank Hot you. Rod. Maybe a little Hot analysis. Rod. The winner of the Preakness. Maybe anything that they would actually say on a broadcast. But, no, nah, it's cool. It's cool. Hot Rod Charlie. Hot Rod Charlie's trained by Doug O'Neill. Written by Flavian Pratt. Oh, 
Well, that's number your winner. Could be. Number five well, is. your winner. If, if Pratt left the Preakness winner to go to this one, no, that's it, your it must be a really good horse. There's no doubt. Wait, wait, which horse is he? He's riding Hot Rod Charlie? Hot I Rod think Charlie. He's right. Oh, number five it is, is. It is actually. <laughs> he's right. Okay. All right. France Godeina. Um, trained by Hideyuki Mori. Can't written win. by it's beautiful. Written by uh, Ricardo Santana you just, Jr. You can just really hear oh, it when he. Dominic De Coco. <laughs> number six is known agenda. Trained by Todd Fletcher. Written by Arad Ortiz Jr. Number seven is Rock Your World. Trained by John Sadler. Written by Joel Rosario. Number eight is Overtook. Trained by Todd Fletcher. Written by Manuel Franco. Nope. Can't win. And they're all in line. Wait, wait, wait. There's eight horses in the race? Yeah, it's, an, it's so. an eight-horse field. Well, none of the Baffert horses. By the way, it is confirmed that the Baffert horse uh, did uh, test positive on the, the second oh. sample as well. So his suspension will be upheld. And so, yeah, none of the Baffert horses are in, so it's a small field. You know how they knew, right? He, he had really bad back acne. Ah, thank you. Thank you. This is – I don't know. I, I can't believe I'm about to say these words. I don't know who's worse. Go ahead, Rick. Um, and I, I meant, I meant Baffert, not the horse. Oh, okay. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. All right, Tariqa. Here we go. Lined up. <laughs> this race is over before it starts, boys. God. Throwing the jockey at the start. Oh. Fronte go to Ida. We have a slight delay. Just get to the stupid race, Rick. Just call the and stupid. Fractious in the gate. Fronte go to Ida, and they're all in line. Fractious in the gate. And they're off and running. Oh. And on the outside, Rock Your World takes the lead. Rock Your World opens up by a length and a half. Essential quality second. Then Ron Bauer, Hot Rod, Charlie, Bourbonic, Francisco de Ina, and then Overtook, and Known Agenda. Let's go, Hot Rod, Charlie. Around the turn in the quarter, 24 seconds. It's Rock Your World. Rock Your World opens up by a length and a half. Then Essential Quality. Ron Bauer, Hot Rod, Charlie, Francisco de Ina, Known Agenda, movies up on the outside. Overtook. Burbonic, and then dropping back out of the race uh, with a limp as Francais Godina uh -oh. has dropped completely out of the oh, race. Oh, it was Ricardo, a real problem. Ricardo Santana has hopped off. Ricardo Santana what? has been unseated by Francais Godina. I guess Santana's not as smooth as we thought. Apparently not. <laughs> Rock Your World is up on the lead, and Rombauer, these two head in head, nose in nose, and moving up on the outside is Central quality these three heads apart it's still rock your world rum bar essential quality and then hot rod charlie and then overtook bourbonic and known agenda and the half and 48 and now moving up on the outside rum bar takes the lead rum bar and here comes rock your world i don't think we're halfway through the race yet central quality on the outside Known agenda, known agenda. He's been working on his delivery, by the way. Battling heads and head. Here they go. And moving into the lead now. It's Hot Rod Charlie comes through to take his head in front. Uh-oh. Hot Rod Charlie. Here we go. Hot Rod Charlie. He's got the lead now. Hot Rod Charlie is central quality. And then known agenda. 
It's Hot Rod Charlie now pulling off by a length and a half. Oh. Hot Rod Charlie, that was a big lead, up by two. And on the outside is Central Quality. It's still Hot Rod Charlie, that's Central Quality. And known agenda, and these three fighting it out. Rocky World has dropped back, overtook his drop back, Robonic has dropped back. These three across the track. And now it's known agenda, puts his head, his nose, his neck in front. <laughs> No, it's a no, long no, race. Neck is back is and his crack. The stretch they come. Oh boy, here we go. Agenda. It's <laughs> almost it's over. Agenda. It's known agenda. Hot Rod Charlie and Ron. Gotta lose his voice. Here comes back Ron Bauer on the inside. Ron Bauer on the inside. And now Ron Bauer takes the lead. Ron Bauer puts his nose in front. And at the wire, it's Ron Wow. Bauer, oh, I, I have my wow. money on Hot Rod Charlie, to be honest. Wow. Now, Ron Bauer's your winner. Wow. Follows up a win in the Preakness with a win in the Belmont. Remarkable. Let's give it back to Drew Tarico to interview the winning trainer, Michael McCarthy. Well, there's no way that just happened. <laughs> Ron Bauer wins it. Known agenda is second in Hot Rod Charlie, third. And uh, Burbonic has got up for fourth. So it's going to be three... Six four one three six four one is your final. All point. right, go Order ahead. Go ahead, Tariko. Let me ask you something. Um, you like Chinese food? Oh, st stop it! Stop it! Stop it! All right, let's go down and uh, check in with uh, Mark McCarthy. Michael McCarthy. Um, <laughs> Michael McCarthy, um, who was the uh, trainer for the winning horse, which somehow won again. Um, uh, the great Rombauer. Mike, um, how'd that happen today? I told you, Drew. Uh, when, when Bob Baffert goes away, when did you Mike's tell him? Play. <laughs> I don't. Go ahead. This might be Mike. the greatest thing I've ever heard. You want, honestly, really. You want, you want me to follow up, Mom, uh, uh, Mike? You, uh, you, you, how do you feel about uh, giving the, the big uh, middle finger to uh, Flavian Pratt, who decided he didn't want to ride your horse anymore? Well, we're real happy about this. We know that. Uh, Drew will be on the sidelines. Right, Drew, right, you're more right, right. you're more than it's, welcome to visit us again right. in New York anytime right. you want, Drew. All right. We, we, we had a great time. Yep. Drew's a great mm -hmm. host. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad he's here. Yep. We'll play golf tomorrow, Drew. All we'll right. get to play again tomorrow if you're interested. All right. Rick, it's been another year and it's been another year. Eventful. Hang, hang up now, okay? Rombau, huh? There he is. <laughs> Three six four one. Three six four one. Three six four one. All right, go, well, go, go ahead. Please tell me when he's. Please tell me when he's hung up. Please tell me when he's when uh, he's not, gone. Not Rick, it's time. There to go. we go. Now I think he, I think he's Thank gone. You, Thank you. Yeah, I can't imagine it's going to work out like that. No, no, I don't think there's much of a chance of that being the case at all. He, did you notice that he it, was? You know he, what? Go ahead, Zach. You're, no, I, you're I was just going to say. I mean, look, Hot Rod Charlie had the lead all the way. Where did Rombauer come from? I Ron feel like Bauer this... was running up front. He was uh, running up front. It's a long race. It's a long race. The that was. I mean, how many um, laps did they do on uh, that? Rick did, or, or, Drew? Did you notice that Rick was working on his uh, enunciations? Did you notice that he was? He clearly had spent some time on his delivery for this. No. Okay. Very good. Now let's wrap up by playing Would You Rather Wednesday. We're not. It can't get any worse. Would You Rather Wednesday is brought to you by oh, Glory Days Group. Oh, I don't know about that. No, this no. It's all time one of the worst ever. Oh, it definitely. This this definitely goes down as one of the worst ever. There's no he question about no it. He put no studying at all into it. Well, what do you mean he put no studying at all into this? He totally knew nothing. So <laughs> he, he definitely looked at the field about five minutes before we called the race. I, you know. Uh, <laughs> When he didn't know about the rider having changed and had no way of nothing, nothing to inform us about that, 
I don't think he knows that Ron Bauer won the Preakness, frankly. I'm not sure I that like, he's aware uh, of that. I like Hot Rod Charlie. I do, too, for what it's worth. I like Hot Rod Charlie it's as kind well. of a great name. i, I got to be there Thank with you, you guys. Dynamite it's, good, it's a good name. See? Hey, was there a betting line on the lacrosse game Monday? Uh, there was. There was in certain places, yes. And, and what was it? I believe know? it was Maryland one and a half. Gotcha. I believe. Why? I was just wondering. Somebody mentioned it in my comments today um, that one of the reasons why there wasn't a lot of interest in the game was because it, you can't bet on it. Well, you can't bet on Like, you have to go to a very specific book in order to be able to beat, uh, bet on lacrosse games. Right. Like, you can't just go to, uh, you know, betonline.ag so, and bet. So the last time they had a game, this is another thing I can't find, the last time they had a championship game, the game was viewed by 296,000 people. Um, it, do you think this one will be bigger than that? <sighs> Um, I got to remember who Virginia played in the last championship they game. They played Yale. Yes, I think this will be a bigger audience because Yale is not a draw. But I don't think and it'll be a. And if it's three hundred and fifty thousand people, what what does that say in your mind? What do you mean? Is that good? Um, I think it's practical. I, I mean, I don't I, good. Yeah, I do. I think three hundred fifty thousand for another day. I would like to have this conversation someday um, about why lacrosse hasn't made it as a professional sport. Um, okay. I mean, like I, I mean, it's not to be talked about today. I put I I I think lacrosse is a lot like golf was. I mean, um, soccer was when I first started in the eighties. Okay. How- I think soccer was a huge huge participation sport and the challenge was to turn it into a spectator sport well and i feel like lacrosse is the same way well but lacrosse is also still burdened by it's still largely being regional like we can keep talking about how they play lacrosse now in california and in colorado and other places but it's still largely a regional sport i mean like let's not totally understand totally get that but well, anyway, so I'd like to have the conversation someday of why it's never been a good, why it's never made it professionally. Okay. I mean, I, I, I am sure. not, I'm no lacrosse expert, but maybe just possibly the age of the game compared to a lot of the other. I mean, the age of the game. I mean, you know, obviously you look at, you look at as, as far as professional wise, it's not as old as something like Major League Baseball has been around since the 1800s. No, I mean, it's just, that could be a reason. Well, I mean, look, it, it, I mean, there's a lot of due respect to Paul Rabel and what he's doing. And I think he's gotten, he's, he's carved a niche, but the idea that this is ever going to work in making lacrosse a significant player without teams being regionalized is a farce. I mean, I just... Yeah, the traveling circus thing, novel idea, but uh, flatline. There's there's a limit to that. Like, it works in individual sports. It's not... I have to know why I care. Why do I care? Yeah, the team's got to say Baltimore or Maryland. Correct. I'll show up when they come to Homewood Field... I might. I don't. I don't think I can make it this year. But the first time I showed up, I showed up. Now, in fairness, I didn't. I, he gave Paul Rabel offered me. He was like, "You can bring your boys down. We'll get them on the sideline. We'll, you know, you can see what this is all about." And so I went. Would I pay money to go? Probably not. I have not watched a single game on television because what? What am I watching for? To say, well, you want to watch the players that you rooted for in college? No, that's not a thing. Like if they're. 
I, I don't watch. Yeah, I don't care where they went to college when they come to play for me in Baltimore. Correct. They I, could play for Duke for all I know. I mean, like, I don't, I'm not more inclined to watch DJ Moore on a Sunday than I am to watch exactly the guy that played for Duke that ends up with the Ravens. That's that's nuts. Right. right. There, that that is not a thing. There is no. You know, we're interested in this. I get that they're trying. They don't know. They don't know that it was going to work regionally, so they're trying to pull off something that works. But long term, there is no viability without having teams in cities. You, there has to be a reason why I why I give a rat's ass about this team. I don't know who the teams are, and I don't care who they are. Right. It just it just doesn't. Exhibitions will not be interesting to me. I don't want to watch All Star games during the course of the year. I want to watch my team that I root for play any sport. I if, if there was a WNBA team in Baltimore, I'd be watching the WNBA team this summer. Yes. If there was an MLS team in Baltimore, I'd watch the MLS team this summer. And I while I was never I did watch I didn't watch a lot of them, but I watched some Bayhawks games over the years, you know, like especially in the early years when it felt like it was real and exciting and when they were playing the games at the stadium, like it, you know, that felt like a thing. Um, once they moved to to DC, Does and the then game need to be um, changed at all. Are the goals? Yeah, they've tried big, that. They've big enough. They've tried the some of that gimmicky game? stuff. I don't think the game itself is the problem. I don't. I I still think the biggest issue is it's it's too regional for for there to be enough broad appeal for the average person to really care. I mean, I I still think that that's the the thing that you're fighting against. You're still fighting against. I, I think there are more people that care about lacrosse in this area than there are that care about ice hockey. But yet there are more people that care about the NHL playoffs than there are that care about the professional um, lacrosse league this summer. You know what I mean? I don't think it's the – I don't I, – boy, I don't know. It, it, we could do this for a long time. And, and, and you're right, it's an interesting subject. I don't really know that we're going to get a direct answer for it. Um, I don't think it's going to be solved by what the you know the Rabels are doing, and it's not because I'm not rooting for them. I think they need to, they need to. Boy, I think it's so much bigger than that. I think it's so. I think the notion that the MLL was the problem, I'm not on board with. I think the MLL did about as well as they could do given the circumstances, and this is just doing it a different way that makes me less inclined to be interested than I was before. And, and by the way, it's not a good. It's not a good look. With like Jared Bernhardt's going to win the Tawaritan Award this year. He's going to be the top player in all of college lacrosse, and he's not going to be playing professionally this summer. He's instead going to go choose to play Division II football in the fall and be a quarterback at Ferris State. And Pat Spencer's the the best player that we've seen in five years, and he's not playing professional lacrosse. Like that's that's a problem. It's a it's a problem when the guys that are definitely the best players in the sport are like, meh. We're good. Like, that's, that's, I, I'm not telling you that Pat Spencer and Jared Bernhardt playing in this league would suddenly make this league wildly significant, but it doesn't help when the, the two best, arguable, you know, the college lacrosse players of the last five years are both sort of like, eh, we'll pass. That, thanks, but no thanks. We're, we're going to go do anything else. I, I think ultimately Bernhardt will end up playing in this league down the road, but okay. it's, it's something. All right, uh, uh, Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Let's just get one in with you, and then we'll move on. Uh, would you rather... Oh, I, I guess I need to ask you. I'll give you this one. You made the unfortunate decision of getting into a high-stakes game of horse. Your house is on the line for one final shot. You 
have to make a four-foot jumper, or you can have Damian Lillard shoot for you, and it's a 34-foot jumper. Oh, I'm shooting a four-foot jumper every time. You really, though? Oh, sure. But, but I mean, what do you really... How many of those are you really knocking down? A four-foot jump shot? Yeah. I mean, I've seen you. You know, you're not particularly athletic. I'm going to make it every time. <laughs> no, you're not. Stop it. Stop a it. Four, four feet from the basket? Four you feet. You want me to throw yeah. the ball into the hoop? But you can't... It's not... You can't move. It's not a layup. It's not a... I can, I can jump up. You have to take a jump shot. I'm going to make it every time. But you can barely jump. Dude, you're saying dumb stuff now. No. It's four feet from the basket, and no one's guarding me. I'm just going to throw the ball in the yes, basket. Yes, correct. I was going to ask, is there any defense? No, every no defense. I'm going to make it. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're just uh. saying things now. You're not going to make it every time. Every time. No, you're not. You're not going to make it every time. You keep saying that like it's a thing. You're not going to make it every time. You think you're going to make it every time because you think it's an easy thing to do. You're not actually going to make it every time. You don't do this. You're not a basketball player. Well, I'm going to make it every time. All right. All right. What's going on at Drew's Morning Dish? I'm going to talk about this tomorrow. Oh, stop it. You're not I'm going to make it every time. You're not making it. That's insane. Now, this is going to be like when you thought you could make the, the kick that, uh, that uh, what's it, Billy Cundiff miss. This is, you're, you're starting to go too far. We're going to have to bring you over and see how many of these you make. <clears throat> Anytime. I don't want to do this. Just tell me. What, is it, are you done? Are you good? Yeah, we're good. All right. At It's a Hooded Four on Twitter. Would you please tell me what your schedule is during the week so we can do the shopping thing? I am around. Let's let's plan right now on a Monday. 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 Next ne- next Monday? Yeah. All right. Next Monday. We're doing it after my show. All right, pal. Thank you. I think. I don't know. Goodbye. Go. Drew Forrester, Drew's MorningDish.com. There he is. He's not making it. I, he's not making it every time. I might, I might have gone. Maybe four feet is the wrong number. Maybe it's. I originally said. Just inside the free throw line. That's the shot. It's got to be a jump shot, though. And I thought, no, no, that's the one that you got you to hand it over to Damian Lillard at that point. But I haven't found the right number for this just yet. I haven't found the perfect number. Some of the responses that have come. Um, from Paul Novi Lando, if it was 22 to 25 feet, I'd absolutely give the ball to Lillard to save my house no matter what. Because it's longer than that, I've got to trust myself to make the four-footer. From That's not a bad point. That, that is actually probably the best way to look at it. Jay says, I'm taking the shot because no guts, no glory. I'd probably take it from a little bit longer. From Tom. Tom says, Glenn, while I think that I would always make a four-foot jumper, in a situation where that type of pressure is on me, I think I would <laughs> rather have a professional shoot for him. Tom's the only person, by the way, so far, that has said he turned it over. Did you see what Damian Lillard was doing last night? I mean, look, Damian Lillard is a professional basketball player. He's probably shot 34-foot jump shots his entire life. So I would trust the professional player to do that This for is me. where I am. I, I don't think we're thinking this through. I mean, look, four feet is not. You a like lot. to think uh, that you're always going to hit that. I will you, hit a, a, a four foot jump better. shot maybe 50, 60% of the time. That's probably that would, true for mostly everyone. I think I would hit it 65% of the time. Yeah. I mean, it's not a given. It's not like we're doing a it's layup. It's not. Here. It's not because I'm not a basketball player. It's not like I'm, I'm LeBron James. And I, if, if this was a dunk competition and I'm LeBron James, I can go up there and never miss. And if, sure. and if I, if it was a layup, if I was told you get a running start, you got to make a layup. Yeah. A 90. So 95% oh, yeah, of the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no big it, deal. It being a jump shot leaves just enough room 
for me to screw it up in the process. I mean, look, there's a video on YouTube where Steph Curry hits like 96 consecutive like, three-pointers in practice. from like out in the... Right. I mean, he, he hit like 96 consecutive three-pointers in practice. Yeah. And no one guarding him. So I'm going to trust Damian Lillard to move back like 10 feet and do that. I, I, think, I You have to think he makes I it. I think Damian Lillard might hit... If unguarded, he might hit... 20 consecutive yeah, I mean, 34-foot They, they, they do it all the time in practice. They take these kind of shots because why not? I'm, so, I'm, I, am, I am strongly on – I'm on the side of Damian Lillard. I'm on the side of if – it's, if it's basketball related – I mean, it's a tough call. That's why it's would you rather. But I would say I would also be on the side of Damian Lillard. I'm going to take – I'm going to trust the professional instead of me probably – with everything on the line, I would be way too nervous to make it. I just – I know I wouldn't. I think it would impact you. I think there would be no doubt that it would impact you in some sort of way. All right, it's Would You Rather Wednesday brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Um, would you rather the Ravens get Julio Jones for a second round pick, but you have to eat? Not, if you have not seen the tweet that was sent out yesterday, let me make sure I credit them. Um, there is do do do. There is a tweet, a Twitter account called MILB Advocates. Yes, and their what their goal is is to point out sort of inequities that minor league baseball players face. There was a story the other night about the Cubs affiliate in Myrtle Beach um, that they were there for Memorial Day weekend and the players were literally booted out of the hotel because it was overbooked and they were told, sorry, you're on your own. And players had to go sleep in the clubhouse. It's, it's, it's insane, right? Like the, 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 the major league baseball teams that, that are associated with these affiliates, their owners certainly have the money that these types of things shouldn't happen. So they send out a picture yesterday, or two pictures. Players in the Oakland A's organization shared these photos of their recent post-game meals. And they absolutely appear to be fire fest meals. Yes, it is literally and the exact meals from the fire Immediately, fest. it's the first thing that comes to your mind. You <laughs> see a styrofoam box with a cheese sandwich yes. um, and some sort of coleslaw. Just a piece of bread kind of hanging out at the top yes, there. It's truly disturbing. There's yes. no meat on it. It's just cheese, tomato, and lettuce. And then there's a tortilla, a greasy tortilla yeah. with, like, Two small pieces of chicken and two peppers <laughs> on it. Like it's just. This is, I mean, we. we I, I think Adam Jones said yesterday these are minor leaguers. They all they. I mean, they play every day. They're, they're yes. put in these incredibly tough situations and in, in these incredibly tough you know conditions. They need to refuel with actual good food, actual yes, healthy of, food, yes, of real food. And Correct. and not only that. I mean, we we could talk about the paid. You know, the minor league uh, pay discussion over and over. Yeah. I would definitely advocate for them to make a way higher salary. But that's a story for a different day. It is now. The question is: After seeing these pictures yes. and knowing what this food looks like, would you rather? The Ravens trade for Julio Jones, and it's only a second-round pick. But it means you have to eat nothing but Oakland A's food for the rest of the summer. Oakland A's minor league food for the, these these meals, all you get to eat for the rest of the summer. See, for me, one is a guarantee. You know, you guarantee or, you have to on. eat the food. Or, or on the flip side, I got I got to present that. Or, sure, he goes to the Titans for a second-round pick. Right. I mean, one of these is well, actually, both are a guarantee. I mean, obviously, Julio, if he goes to the Titans, it's going to make them an, you know, a way better football team, more of a threat. But you are guaranteed that you have to eat this food every day. There That's is no guarantee that if the Ravens get Julio Jones, they win the Super Bowl, or if the Titans get the uh, get Julio Jones, they will win the Super these Bowl. These things are factual. There is no guarantee. Like you know, Femi said earlier, of course, it's going to increase your chances by mm-hmm. by twofold. But Agreed. it's it's not going to guarantee anything. I I'm going to take. The, you know, I'm going to take him going to the Titans because there is no guarantee they, they would actually win. And, and because on the other side, you have to eat horrendous food for right, the entire exactly. summer. Um, a lot of that, getting a lot of that in responses uh, from people about number two and Would You Rather Wednesday. 
from Paul, I like a good cheese sandwich, but I have no idea what the food item is in pick two or what it even is <laughs> supposed to be, so I'm going to have to pass on Julio. Our friend, uh, the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard, it's affecting my food. Nope, bye, yeah, Julio. Yeah, yeah I'm a uh, KZ, sadly, he would be a Titan. Now, Will, I appreciate this, Will says... I would eat the styrofoam box in order to get Julio Jones. <laughs> and there are probably a lot of people that feel that way. Thank you, Will. I appreciate that. Uh, from Jay, uh, I'll take Julio and I'll end up losing 30 pounds in the process. <laughs> I like that. Uh, from Antoine, the Titans can have him. Ooh. From Dave, Dave says, um, Glenn, while I will not enjoy it, I will take this one for the team. I want to win a Super Bowl, and it's only the summer. I can go back. I can still have Thanksgiving. By the time we get there, that is true. It doesn't ruin your holidays or anything. Sure, like that, I mean it it's ruins, done in September, and I guess it's the timing is what you, you like. Memorial Day cookouts have all come already come and gone, but yes. there are like the Fourth of July is still happening, and while everyone else you know will be enjoying beautifully right. grilled food, you will be eating cheese sandwiches. Keep in mind, you're, you're down at the beach, and everyone else is eating you know yeah, crabs, and you're eating. Uh, they're having their thrashing fries. A cheese sandwich. You're eating something that looks like coleslaw, but may right. or may not be coleslaw. Yeah, that's the way that it's going to go. But I appreciate you stepping up and uh, being willing to do that. And from Andrew, Andrew says, do, 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 hang on a second. Andrew says, uh, no way. I, I really want Julio to come to Baltimore, and I would love to get him for a second-round pick, but there's just no way that I could subject myself to that every yes. day. I would end up going insane. Continue to get me your sponsors for Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Uh, today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Where right now you can get um, just whatever it is that's going on in your world and your thoughts about getting a new vehicle, they've got you covered, including you can make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models, a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Um, number three, would you rather Wednesday was do, 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 now that the streak is over, the Orioles actually get back to respectability and go 500 the rest of the way or no, now that they've been this bad so far, it's just best to lose as much as possible. Man, this is a tough one. Um, I mean, you look at the possibility of getting Elijah Green or whoever else it would be at the top of that draft in 2022. I, I think you've got to, they've already been horrible enough. I think you've just got to let them play it out. I mean, and just be as bad as possible. I think that's the way you've got to go. Um, you know, realistically, look, if they pay, play 500 ball from here on out, they're still getting a top five pick. But you would want the first overall pick over a top five pick, correct? I mean, I think most people would, would agree with that. I would think so. Uh, Matt is the only person who says, I would rather watch a team that's improving, winning games, and building a viable franchise long term. If it means Ryan Mountcastle and Dean Kramer and the rest of the young players are and at the top the of their I game, not, I do not promise you that in right, this scenario. Right. right. There's. I mean, it could mean that you know, you know, Fernando Abad <laughs> comes up from AAA and and or becomes the closer. Michael and, Franco has right. a you know a big a big August or something. Sure. Like that. Exactly. Something that's just not going to help you. And most everyone is in agreement with you. All right. Uh, today's show is also brought to you by C Three American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for a free analysis. And coming up June 27th, it's Tucker Fest at Jerry's Toyota. Can't wait for this event. Justin Tucker is going to be there. You can get your picture autograph tickets right now by going to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. They're $50.00. But that's money that's going towards the Brigance Brigade, which is a wonderful charity and, and something that all Baltimore sports fans should embrace. Tucker Fest, June 27th. 
The event itself is free. Live music throughout the day. Joey Harcum, Dave Teef, and more. Uh, dunk Tank. Jeremy Khan's going to hop in the Dunk Tank. Love that. Also, we'll have... Um, Oh, food trucks will be there, cornhole tournament, live broadcast, the whole deal. All that is free. The only part they'd have to pay for is your your meet and greet ticket with Justin Tucker, who I don't know if you've heard might be the greatest kicker <laughs> of all time. So go to grade8smemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, grade8smemorabilia.com right now in order to get your tickets for the meet and greet or just come out to Jerry's Toyota on June 27th for Tucker Fest. We come back in. We'll get a tidbit. We'll get tubular to wrap it up. It is a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program brought to you by Glory Days Grill from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms Coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York strip steak, the smoky thigh wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the strip steak sandwich, barbecue chicken bowl, and their silver anniversary turtle cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's silver anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit DEIWC.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window plus put no money down make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com tell them glenn clark sent you window nation the perfect fit 
The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? And Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le champion. Chris Jericho. Le champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio. 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. GlennClarkRadio.com. All right, winding down for a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Continue to give me your responses. Tomorrow morning we'll pick somebody at random who will win the $25 Glory Days Grill gift certificate. Today's show has also been brought to you by KNS Automotive right here in Hamden. For over 30 years, KNS has been restoring, repairing, and maintaining foreign and domestic vehicles with a focus on exceptional workmanship and quality customer service. Everything from something as simple as an oil change to major body work, they've got you covered. Give them a call right now, 410-235-6660. We go to knsimports.com. That's K&S Automotive, knsimports.com. You did a tidbit for us today, Zach. I did, and I got right. I, I to gotta pull this up. But look, um, Yasmani Grant... Now hang on hang on a second. Before sure. we get there, hang on. Two things. One, tidbit is brought to you by our friends at Window Nation, where right now, this unbelievable deal they've got for you, 50% off all styles of windows, plus no money down, no payments, or, and no interest for two full years. It's truly unbelievable. Go right now to windownation.com or call 866-90-NATION. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. And then, by the way, as you brought up off the air, we should have mentioned, uh, Kimberly Martin, one of the NFL reporters for ESPN, mm-hmm. um, is saying definitively the Ravens are done yes. in the Julio Jones sweepstakes. She says them and the Rams are both done. I, they could easily jump back in if, if the if the price drops. I, I, that would be my I, thought. I, I, that's a really strong word to say. It's one thing to say they're out or they're not going there. It's a really strong right. thing for a done. a credible reporter to say to say the the word done, right? Um, which which probably suggests that they know there's another team that's willing to pay something that they're not willing to pay. Sure, and so they are more comfortable in saying they're done. That being said, yes, these things can change on a dime, and sometimes things happen secretly, and there's purposeful disinformation that's out there. I, I'm. I believe that Kimberly Martin is not making that up. And no, that, for sure. And and by the way, if you've been reading the tea leaves for the last week, it hasn't looked good. There have been far. Albert Breer said yesterday, Albert Breer from SI, that they they were more in than maybe was being recognized. But that's about the only one that seemed positive in terms of tying. Uh, the Ravens and Julio Jones back together. We heard one little thing that said that they were more on Julio Jones before the draft. Yes. Obviously, now that you've drafted Rashad Bateman, and like I said to Femi... This is why, this is why I never thought these things were happening. Right. You, you used a first-round pick in 2019 on Hollywood Brown. Yeah. Now in 2021 on Rashad Bateman. Are you going to use another one when you might have a hole to fill? I mean, well, you know... And by the way, I never thought they were trading a first. I, I never... If the price was going to be a first-round pick... I would hope not. I, you know, I would be against it, I would be. I would be against a first-round pick, but... I wouldn't be angry. You know what I mean? Like, it would I be know. the type of thing. If, if, if tomorrow we were doing a show, and I said it this way, if tomorrow we were doing a show and the topic was the Ravens 
yesterday traded a first-round pick for Julio Jones, my response would be more, all right, let's go, than it would be anger. Sure. I mean, he's not, you know, we're not getting Rashad Perriman here or something. I mean, you're getting getting a top-five receiver in the NFL. You're getting a quality player who's going to help your team. But a first-round pick is a lot, especially yep. when you know there's there's holes in pass rush right now. Yep. There's inevitably going to be holes in O-line because there always is. Yep. Um, you know, Kevin Zeitler is is, is going to fill a spot, obviously, but you don't know how Ben Cleveland's going to play this year. Uh, you don't know how Tyree Phillips is going to play this year. So inevitably, there is going to be a hole that you're going to have to fill with that first-round pick, and you're not true. going to be able to. All things are true. But that's just, you know, that's what's out there. Anyway. I will get to my tidbit now. Um, a lot of fans were kind of complaining a little bit about Adley Rutschman. Uh, kind of had a slow start at Bowie at the bat. He was hitting, now he's up to hitting about 300. Yep. But as the season started, he was hitting around 214, 215 for a good period of time. Yep. Um, and there is a guy who kind of does this as a catcher in the major leagues now. Um, and that's Yasmani Grandal. This month in May, he went 6 for 44. That is a 136 batting average, but his on-base percentage was 467. Uh, he had an 162 this runs. Is really cre- unbelievable. Right, 162 weighted runs created plus, which the average in the league is 100, so he's well over average. Uh, he had a 128 balls, but uh, batted balls in play. Yeah. So essentially, that's horrible too. 128 is is really, really, really low. Like you want to be saying up. it's saying the reason why you're not. It's not just luck. It's not exactly. Just, you're not just dealing with bad luck. But so six for 44, 467 on base percentage because he walked 29 times in May and only struck out 26 times. So, you know, if Adley Rutschman were to do that, you know, for the Orioles at a period of time, I mean, you have to be happy with a 467 on base percentage. Even if he's hitting 200, a 467 on base percentage is ridiculous. And that's why Yasmani Grandal is one of the better catchers in baseball. That's true. All things are true. Yeah. Do you got a trivia? I do have a trivia. All is, right. Um, so, look. Um, we all know about streaks. You know, the Orioles just ended one. I wanted to talk about a streak that was, you know, happened with Cal Ripken. The, I, I, I'm familiar. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about that streak, the greatest streak. Um, do you know the players behind Lou Gehrig and Cal Ripken, number three, four, and five, mm-hmm. that had the longest consecutive games played streak? So, Steve Garvey. Correct. Who I believe still has the National League record for most consecutive games played. I believe that is true, yes. Um, and he was the only one that ever really threatened. Oh, God. Um, I have top ten here, by the way. Uh, well, so we can, go, we can go through all so of them. So the, the funny part is that I, you know, if you read John Eisenberg's book a few years ago, all of the like this is this is this was his book. Mm-hmm. Like this is what he was doing was covering streaks. And I it was a great book. Um, and I'm trying to remember, I don't feel like the others were modern. I feel like the others were Everett Scott, I feel like. Unbelievable. Was, yeah. uh, how, Everett's, how did you, I mean, I how really, did you get I that? I really love this book. You ha- if you didn't, oh God, what was the name Got of it. Okay, Eisenberg? yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't think this is the hardest trivia question in the world, John but I think Eisenberg it. Eisenberg wrote a book called, um. That is amazing to me. The just Streak. Got that. The, the streak. streak is what it was called. And it was. Like the, the the cover had both Lou Gehrig and Cal Ripken on it, but it was really about all of like every story. the the Jap the the guy that had the Japanese the Japanese player that had the streak that was actually longer than Gehrig's that that mm-hmm. Cal surpassed his number as well. There was a lot of it was a really fascinating read. I I think the other one was the am I right in saying the other one was also not a modern player? No, you were not in right in saying oh, that. Oh, okay. He is a modern player. A modern um, player. And modern, you're saying, is probably 1900 plus, right? Is it, the, is mo- it, the modern is it era? The, yeah. Oh, yes. I'm, no, I'm saying it's like the modern era, I'm saying, is more like past 1970. That would also be true. Oh, okay. 
Is it that Whit Merrifield's already gotten there? Somehow? Not Whit Merrifield. No, okay. he's not in the top ten. Um, is he? Is his streak still alive? Whit Merrifield? Or did it, did he? I'm not sure, but uh, I think it might be. Um, it was only about like oh, 400 not, yeah. or something. It was it was pretty low. Um, and and this guy right here, who's number five in the list, uh, 1,152 straight games. A modern player. Yes. 1,152. Well, that makes me think it had to come post-Cal. Because if it had been pre-Cal, it would have been significant enough for Eisenberg to write about it. Well, it started before Cal retired, but it but ended I mean, after. I, I'm, saying, I'm saying that the streak, that Cal had to have already broken the record. Yes. By yes. Yes. So we're talking between 95 and today. Yes. Man. Funny enough, I actually figured this is the one you would get first. That means there had to. Oh, Tahada, Miguel Tahada. It was Tahada. There it is. There yep. it is. Yeah, I was. I, there there had to be a local connect. Yep, Tahada. That's Look, I mean, I, I figured yep. you'd get Steve Garvey. I well, figured the reason, you'd get Tahada. The, reason I didn't, the only reason I didn't get it is because I, I'm only thinking the you, John's book was really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a really good read. I it was one of the better baseball books that I've read in, uh, in some time, and so. I it has stayed with me. I, I remember like telling I I called John. I'm like, dude, I could do a report. I could do an entire. I really genuinely enjoyed the book that much. I definitely and, have to read that. And it gave me goosebumps. I mean, I, it won't mean that you weren't alive, um, but it gave me goosebumps reliving that night in 2131. The I was alive. I was not there though. You're just barely alive. <laughs> You're just barely alive. Were you really? I thought. Yes, the I was alive. Time. Man, for for in 95. Oh, 95? Oh, I yeah. thought we were talking about Kyle's retirement. Oh, I no, thought you were talking about Kyle's retirement. No, no. no I, was, I was not alive in 95. Yeah, no, no, no. I thought you meant Kyle's retirement in, it is staggering in 2001. It is staggering which I was alive. to me that that's where we are. But no, um, it's uh, the, 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 the streak is an unbelievable book, and I encourage you to read it. But it didn't really, it didn't really do much. I don't even, I think he might have referenced Miguel Tejada at some point, but like he, mm-hmm. didn't, he didn't dedicate any time in the book because it never got close enough to threatening Kyle's record that it became all that relevant, like it just right. never became something. I mean, that was yeah, all that it's, it's but over. Steve Garvey got a lot. Fifteen hundred. Steve less. Garvey got a lot in the book. Everett Scott got a lot in the book, and I did not know. If you haven't read the book, I did not know the lengths that, like the the Lou Gehrig streak, is kind of a farce. They were doing shtick in order yes. to keep the streak alive. He would come out in like the fifth inning all the time. Yeah, not even just that. Like there were days where he was too hurt to play that mm-hmm. they would let him make a cameo. A, a, a at bat Pinch to start hit, right. no to start the game to start okay and then they'd immediately pull him out <laughs> yeah cows was definitely more of a it, more of a real Gehrig streak was a farce yeah and like it's it's hilarious that it, it held and was so significant and we held it up for so long knowing more of and reading more of the facts about it in uh, John's book but I would really encourage you to read the streak by John Eisenberg tremendous tremendous book if you have time do you want to try to get any of the ones in six to ten. If you just get one. No, just tell me, though. Okay, so me. at number six, Billy Williams. Oh, you know what? That was one that was covered in the book. I should have guessed that, yeah. Um, definitely, obviously, a very famous player. At number seven, Joe Sewell. Uh, number you eight. Know, although, now I think about it, these all might be guys that were covered in the book. Now maybe, I, yeah. I mean, number eight, Stan Musial. Uh, again, another superstar. I don't uh, that being. Number nine, Eddie Yost. Um, not a name that many people would probably associate with this. Uh, and then number 10, Gus Sir. Oh, oh man! I should I could have gotten that one for Gus, sir. Gus, I love Gus. 
from uh, 1931 to 1937. Oh, totally so. knew that. Totally knew that. <laughs> All right, Tidbit was also brought to you today by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Tubular brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for a free analysis. Here's what's coming up tonight. The Orioles trying to make it a win streak. Or, you know, not really, but you know what I mean. Back-to-back. They, uh, they again, pay, take on the Twins. Matt Harvey on the mound against Randy Dobnak. First pitch just after 7 on Masson, too. Nationals Braves, 720 on Masson. MLB Network, White Sox Indians at 1. Padres Cubs after that. And then Athletics Mariners tonight at 10. ESPN is Red Sox Astros. YouTube for Mets Diamondbacks at 330. Oh, damn it. I didn't even... I meant to turn the tennis on earlier. God, there's too much going on today. Tennis Channel uh, for coverage of the French Open, which continues. Love that they're doing night sessions now in Paris, so we get tennis longer in the day for nerds like me. NBA TV, the Wizards try again to keep their season alive. Apparently no Joel Embiid tonight again for the Sixers. Game 5, 7 o'clock on NBA TV and NBC Sports Washington. NBA TV also has Grizzlies Jazz Game 5 at 9.30. TNT, Hawks Knicks Game 5 at 7.30. And Mavericks Clippers Game 5 at 10. NBCSN, Canadians, Jets, Game 1 at 7.30, Golden Knights, Avalanche, Game 2 at 10. And on ESPN2 this afternoon, a friendly between France and Wales throughout all the records when they get together ten, uh, this afternoon at 3 o'clock. You got some uh, non-sports highlights? I have, so, I have some TV shows. Uh, I didn't write down the channel they were on. I'll do that tomorrow. But I do have a that's few. Not, that's not a good sign. Look, uh, we have Master Chef at 8 p.m., definitely a pretty big show. Uh-huh. Very that's good on show. Fox. I do know that. On Fox, yes. Yeah. Uh, we have Chicago Med, a new Chicago Med at 8 o'clock. Yeah. We have a Kids Say the Darndest Things, which sounds like a great show. I don't know what that is, but that's also on 8 o'clock. We have Crime Scene Kitchen, which is always a good show, okay. at 9 o'clock. And then the $100,000 Pyramid, also at 9 o'clock. We can do, um, better, than, we can do better than this. We can do better. I mean, i got to get the channels next think, time. Think Didn't of, realize we had to do that. Think of, think, yeah, channels, time, and the shows, prioritize shows that, like, a male... I feel like most people would watch these things. I'm a male-dominated audience. <laughs> I feel like I, I would watch every one of these I shows. I don't know if that's... I don't think there's that a lot of our audience is watching Chicago Med. I don't think that's Okay, yeah, the I don't think I've ever seen that one. But, but the just, other ones, for just sure. think about it that way. But I like the they're all They're the primetime ones I, on, like, I, NBC. Fox. I like that you tried, Zach. I do like that. I do like that, and we got nowhere to go but up. Nowhere to go but up. All right. I got to get the channels next next time. You know, we, we right. have a whole day to redeem ourselves tomorrow. Tubular was also brought to you by Tucker Fest coming up June 27th at Jerry's Toyota. Get your meet and greet passes right now at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. It's going to be a free family fun event, but you got to have tickets for the meet and greet with the greatest kicker of all time. Mm-hmm. Get them at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. And the money is going to benefit the Brigant's Brigade. Love that. All right. Thanks today to uh, Femi Ayamadejo. Thanks to Patrick Stevens, Drew Forrester, and sure, Rick. And thanks to <laughs> Zach as well. We'll get all of it. Do you know what to do here? Do you know how to handle this part? Uh, I got to say the archives. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the archives. You got to do it more dramatically than that. Archives. It's the R. It's like yeah, yeah I, I know. Kyle, Kyle really goes all out with it. Yeah. Archives tab at glennclarkradio.com. Um, on the program tomorrow, we're going to go to Bowie, as we do every week. Taryn Vavra is going to join us, uh, Orioles prospect people are very excited about. Uh, Maryland baseball coach Rob Vaughn will join us tomorrow as well. They are back in the NCAA tournament and uh, getting ready for the weekend. I think they're down in Greenville or Fayetteville. Uh, now I don't remember. One of those two places where they're playing this weekend. And uh, as always, stuff and things coming up on the show tomorrow. Zach, uh, where can people follow you on Twitter? Uh, at OriolesFan68. I, I, again, it's a lame handle. I say it every time it's I come right. on the show. It's but hey, all right. you can follow it's me there. Right. I have mediocre sports takes. So if you want to uh, read my takes on the Orioles and Ravens, follow me there.
Um, and of course, the bat around every Saturday morning. Of course, the bat around, yes. The noon, Which will be hosted well. by me and guest host Ryan Blake as Paul Valley's on vacation. Right. So that will be this week from 10 a.m. to noon. Very cool. And you'll be back with us on Thursday and Friday as well. Right. All right. Thanks, everybody at Pressbox. All of our great sponsors and partners, including the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, KNS Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks, Kyle Ottenheimer, for being him at <laughs> K. Ottenheimer is how you follow him on Twitter. He is a sad and lonely man, even though he's down in Columbia at a wedding. Uh, follow us at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Wednesday night. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too.